Welcome to the Morning Sky Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm not late. So don't don't even start. I'm not late. I'm on time. I'm on slide time. Okay? I'm on slides time. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. There's my peeps. Not P yes, girl, Pee Wee. Tell them large Marge sent ya. <laughs> Tell them large Marge sent ya. <laughs> Yo, what's happening, everybody? Happy what day is this? Happy Monday. And listen, I don't, I don't be having my days, you know what I'm saying? So, Carrie, Adrian, Martina, my man, Walt Diddy, a.k.a. Sigma Lifestyle. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> t-shirt champion. I don't know, bro. There's some people that might give me run for my money with the t-shirts. <laughs> you know, Club Forge, what's happening? Guy that like Brian Patterson. Indeed, indeed. My man, Conspiracy. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, Leah Hay. Yeah, it's it's going to be a kind of a somber show tonight, y'all. It's it's going to be a somber show. It's going to be somber. I really don't have anything warm and fuzzy to 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 talk about tonight. It's going to be much of a, pretty much of a downer. It's going to be a downer. But nonetheless, we shall persevere. We shall continue to smite the unclean. All right. Where do I go? Where do I go? What do I, what do, I do first? What, what do I do first? Okay, you know what? Come on, man. Let's get into it. Hey. Girl, yes. They took Pee-wee from us. All right. Now, listen. I know what y'all going to say. I, I know. I already know the answer to, to what you're going to say. Y'all, y'all going to say every slide. Everybody grieve different. I get all that. I get that. Everybody grieves different. <laughs> I get it. Everybody grieves different. I get it. I get it. Y'all. Come on, come on. Oh, I know. Bruh, it's crazy, right? Shh. I, my heart goes out to those people. Right? My heart goes out to those people at Yellow. I'm a I'll, I'll go over it. I'll cover it. I'll cover it. Um, yeah, see, uh, see, thank you for come on. I mean, <laughs> uh, y'all listen. I get it. People grieve differently. I get it. Yes. He still had his concert with all the violent songs that we all love to listen to that helped contribute to the mind state of his son's killers. How does that, how does, how does that one, 
how does one cope with that? How does one know that you basically are celebrating the culture of music that helped in the in the taking of your son? Right? But I, I get it. Y'all gonna say sly, everybody grieve different. Okay. These guys grieve differently than me. Cause I I guess I'm one of those guys that would just go into a dark hole and not come out <laughs> for six months. I, I get it. Everybody grieves different. I get it. I'm just different with mine. I I can't imagine losing a child. You understand? I hope to never ever experience that. I cannot imagine losing a child. But God knows I would not be out. You would not see me. Okay. But let's. Once again, these these Philly cats, y'all grieve different, I guess. Come on. I'll pull up to the studio. This nigga bought me this for my birthday. <laughs> hey, low man. I love you, man. I was really down, man. Y'all, listen. If I'm your boy. If I'm your boy, like if I'm your man's, you know, whatever what the case may be, and you lose a child, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to buy you a vehicle. I'm listen. There's no way in my good conscience, good conscience, good conscience. Yes, um, I would buy you a vehicle, in hopes it would help you to aid in your grieving. I guess I'm wired differently. It's a slingshot, what we call a T-Rex, right? Yeah, he was so down, <laughs> a, a brand new car cheered him <laughs> Come on, man, we, we just, maybe I'm just different. I, I... It's my first birthday without my son being here. You, you know that, until he said that, I didn't think about the, the numerology behind it. So the boy died last year last week literally a week before his birthday mm -mm -mm. okay i'm not gonna go that i'm not gonna go down there but let's go let's, let's continue let's continue so i was really going through it man and i pulled up to the studio and this nigga bought me this man this nigga crazy <laughs> yo <laughs> i love this nigga man i'm sorry don't buy me a vehicle to help me aid in grieving the loss of my child this is not gonna work I, I don't know. Once again, you Philly cats, y'all grieve differently, I, I, I guess. No, I would not want you to buy me a vehicle. And it's been a week since my child has, has was taken through violence. All right. Y'all Philly cats, y'all got it. <laughs> this nigga crazy, man. Damn, this joint nice as shit, man. Damn, love. <laughs> you hook me Don't up, dog. <laughs> Damn, man. All right, maybe I'll say a, a select few of Philly cats grieve differently. Maybe a select few. I, I don't even. I don't even know what this is. What is this? Who does this? Anybody that's a parent, I'm sorry. If the last thing you want is a brand, as a new vehicle from your your family and loved one, I just don't under. That's just not. I, once again, people grieve differently. I get it. I appreciate you, cuz, man. I swear, man. I love this nigga, man. Damn, man. God damn. This is 
a nice birthday gift, bro. I love you, dog. Bruh, if your child literally passes the week before your birthday, every birthday is going to be depressing. If you lose a parent or a loved one or somebody close to you around your birthday, you're going to dread your birthday coming around that, because then that means you, you're going to have to re, uh, re, remind yourself this person close to you passed on your birthday. You understand? Like, no, that's not how that works. But once again, I give it to you. People grieve differently. I guess some of these Philly cats grieve differently. Gilly living his best life. Them people got him straight. I mean, hey, I I, I ain't mad. I I just find it kind of odd. That's all. I just find it kind of odd. I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, smiling like a uh oh uh oh uh oh. See Chaz, there you go. I, I I'm gonna get out of there. Okay, okay. I just thought it was weird. How you know? It used to grieve. Not I couldn't do it. N not me. Okay. Not me. Thank you. Thank you. It was a bunch of t-shirts that I got for my for my birthday. So I'm a I'm a t-shirt junkie. So jeans and t-shirt. That is me. That is me. That is like it's either jeans or t-shirts or sweats and hoodies. You know, I, for me, for you to catch me in a suit or some a button down, it's got to be pretty important. And I, nah, nah. Okay. Just like the laughing after Nipsey. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, you'll never see it the same, man. Yeah. A new vehicle ain't going ain't gonna to change shit. But, you know, some of y'all, our code is ice. <laughs> All right, where do I go? Let's go to Ice Cube. Let's go to Ice Cube real quick. Now, somebody help me out because once again, if you ask me, Ice Cube is controlled opposition. Ice Cube is now like Hollywood's fake tough guy. I say that because all these movies he's done the last 10 years he's like the fake tough guy right he was a fake tough cop and the movie with Kevin Hart right and then he it's just this is controlled opposition sir you're there no one's blackballing you you're in another big budgeted studio film how is Ice Cube being blackballed or how are the gatekeepers keeping him from doing what he wants to do the man drove around his old hood with tucker carlson you know how black folks love to do love to take the white folk around the areas where they grew up hey this is where i grew up this is the hood this is the hood you see that you feel it you smell it you touch it you hear it this is the hood tucker you're in the hood no different when adam 22 used to go to everybody's hoods this dude got into hoods I could never get into. You think I can go to, I can go to the jungle and be like, hey, I just want to take a look and see what's going on. I wouldn't make it out of the jungle. This man doesn't, <laughs> Adam 22 and his ilk and, and Vlad, they've been to some of the roughest parts 
in 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 the hoods of America. Listen, the the time I went to Bowen Homes in Atlanta, I had to have a cosign to Bowen Homes. This is when Shorty Low was. This was when Shorty Low was beefing with Ti. This was this is when it was a big deal. Matter of fact, the time I went to Bowen Homes, <laughs> I had to have a cosign to go. One way in, one way out, and they and they, and, they, and and at, at the entry point, they even had niggas with guns. <laughs> I went to I went to Bowen Homes, once, <laughs> and they had niggas posted up with uh, I forget what they had, but they they had guns already drawn out. I had to go get a cosign to go to Bowen Homes. At the height of the Shorty Low versus T.I. Uh, beef. I can't go to these hoods by my and just be like on the strength of my. Only white men can go anywhere in America just off the strength of their skin. It must be a miraculous feeling. What is that? What does that feel like? So, okay, let me get back to let me get back to um Ice Cube. Please, somebody show me point to me. An example of Ice Cube being blackballed or the gatekeepers keeping him from something. Him and his son are still in big budgeted Hollywood movies. Now, why is uh, why is he out promoting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Sir, there's an actor strike going on. You're not supposed to be promoting anything. How is Ice Cube allowed to promote this movie? There's an actor strike. That means you can't be promoting or talking about it. So how now Ice Cube all of a sudden is slumming in the shade room again. This is controlled opposition. So now he didn't they done made him come down a few levels to come hang out with you with you bottom barrel folks. You know, you tea sippers and stuff. Y'all feel validated because you got a big name star. This is slumming for him. He's slumming. <laughs> He's slumming. But let's go. Okay, come on. What up, roommates? It's your homeboy Ice Cube, and I'm stepping into the shade room. Wait, wait, wait. Up until now, when have you ever seen Ice Cube associate or affiliate himself with the shade room? Give me a time in his acting history. He's ever come to the shade room to promote uh, a project or, you know what I'm saying? Like not until this gatekeeper nonsense. Now all of a sudden he comes to black media. He's making all the black media stops. These are places he would have never come to at the heyday of at the heyday of his career. This is what controlled opposition looks like. And of course, some of y'all falling for it. But look, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Make sure you check out my new flick, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're not supposed to be promoting this, sir. Your union is on strike. Your entire union is on strike. Okay? Man, hell yeah, it's rough. Man, listen. I'm not a scary dude, but I was like, I was a little nervous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This makes no sense. Mutant Mayhem, exclusively in theaters. Tickets are on sale now. Cube, Cube is the old, the, the old tough guy. Like he's the old, the old fake tough guy. Like, come on, man. Like, stop, stop with the, 
the scowl, the famous ice cube scowl. Sir, you're in your 50s. You're in your 50s. Your children are are good. Your grandchildren are good. Nigga, you have there's you have no problems in life. Okay, Ice Cube, you have no problems in life. You have no there's nothing for you to complain about. Okay? Yeah, man. Like you you with the shade room? <laughs> with the shade room? <laughs> How low can one go? Yeah, this is crazy. Okay. All right. I just wanted to cover that because this is this is nonsensical. And then, of course, they run the promo for which I'm going to go see. But I'm not going because of him. I mean, they got a shitload of people in this movie, but I'm a I'm a Turtles fan. And uh, yeah. So once again, please don't take Ice Cube serious. That is what controlled opposition looks like. Never in the history of his acting career has he ever come this far down the ladder he's slumming it right at this at this point he's <laughs> nearly scraping the bottom of the barrel he must be bored you know what i'm saying if you if y'all <laughs> once again i was at planet fitness literally and the big three was playing i've never seen the big three on any cable channel like that do you understand once again where's the gatekeeping Who's blocking him? Who's stopping him from doing what he wants to do? Sir, your league is being shown on cable TV at Planet Fitness on a Saturday. No, no, Hollywood is not doing anything to you, sir. It's not Hollywood. You're just mad because <laughs> they found out you got monies from Steve Bannon to help fund your league. That, this is what the problem is with Ice Cube. This is why Ice Cube is, is catching hell with black folks, mainly black Democrats. I'm, a, I'm not going to get into all that too much, but Steve Bannon, one of Trump's buddies, helped Cube get the, the seed money and help him get the, you know, the licensing stuff squared away with the NBA. It was Steve Bannon. And once people found out he was connected to Steve Bannon, that's when all the Cube is a sellout talk came. Whether you agree with it or not. But that's why Cube is doing this pivot all of a sudden. This is why Cube wants to dip his toe into politics and he's failing miserably. Right? Okay. Did anybody know that? Y'all knew this, right? Yeah, Clout Cube. Y'all knew this, right? That Steve Bannon helped him and his partners get the monies and the funding and the deal worked out with Adam Silver. Yeah. So once again, what gatekeepers is he talking about? Who's stopping him from doing anything he wants to do at this point? If you can show it to me, please do. And I'll stand corrected. Okay. Okay. Let me get caught up in these comments. Yeah. How is the NBA blackballing him? You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't know that for real? Big Pontiac, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? Y'all didn't know that? Steve, yeah, Steve Bannon. <laughs> Helped him get the money. Y'all didn't know this? Are you serious? Y'all really didn't know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's what 
That's why black folk are mad at Cube right now. Because of his ties to Steve Ben. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you guys did not know this. Okay, that's cool. That's what's up. You know what? So y'all y'all didn't remember this? Y'all don't remember this from 2018? Wow. Okay, we're gonna get y'all up to speed. This was from 2018. This was from 2018. Ice Cube's Big Three slam with new lawsuit alleging Steve Bannon friend created a hostile workplace. Y'all didn't know about this? Okay. <laughs> Big Three basketball uh, league, a three-on-three half court, co-founded by uh, rapper Ice Cube, may have been attended as a daring new venture. Okay, let's get to this. Okay, law- lawsuit filed Monday from the league's former chief creative officer, Kanoa Henry, who says Ice Cube's business partner, uh, Jeffrey Quatnitz, uh, created a hostile workplace by incessantly talking about the greatness of Donald Trump's former political advisor, Steve Bannon, (laughs) while also behaving in an Islamophobic fashion. Henry now says his resignation was all but forced and adds that before he quit, uh, Quatnitz told him that two of the league's investors were under investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller and how they were tied to Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Henry is now suing Ice Cube and Quatnitz for putting him in this situation, allegedly breaking promises and making false represent- representations to him along the way. This is from 2018, y'all. 2018. Right? So then this continues. Um, Ice Cube and Quatnitz, who began the league and that are and are pursuing um, uh, Sabi and Rumahi, for allegedly shortchanging them on promised millions and committing defamation through the attribution of racially charged comments and false statements about the operation of the league. On the other side is Sabi, a Palestinian, a Palestinian American and Al Ruhami, uh, Ruhami, uh, a Qatari who once ran that country's public investment fund and has become a figure of special interest of late. Thanks to connections to Trump's embattled personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. How is Ice Cube wrapped up in this shit? How is Ice Cube wrapped up in this? Explain to me. See, there's the same shit with Prize. How are these rappers able to get themselves wrapped up in all this international political stuff? <laughs> How is this possible? How is this possible? How are you able to get next to these people? Huh? How are you able to get next to... <laughs> Let's continue. Let's continue. According to court documents, Sabi and Al Rama uh, Ramahai via limited liability sport Trinity agreed to invest 11.5 million into big three, along with an additional 9 million in sponsorship funds and now alleged Quatnets never implemented basic corporate governance. Befitting the name of the league, Henry arguably becomes the third big party in this developing uh, dispute. He's the one furious about being caught in the crossfire of a geopolitical barn burner with his own story to tell. The guy who allegedly attempted to broker peace between the big three executives and investors without success. 
Okay. So basically, Henry is suing Quatnitz and Ice Cube for allegedly breaching contract uh, to to tertiously interfering with his deals and discharging and retaliating against him. This was... Okay. Also, petition the firm during the big three in 2017. Okay, this is Henry's backstory. Okay. In fact, Henry alleges that Ice Cube's production company hired him to direct and produce a documentary about Iverson's return to basketball. Henry also says that Quatnets taxed him tasked him with serving as an ambassador between the league and the new investors. During the time that Henry was getting to know Sabi and Al uh, Rumahi, he developed close relationships with them and determined that they were everything Quatnets originally said they were, states the complaint. As a result, Henry was blindsided when Quatnets turned on Sabi and Al Rumahami, accusing them of investing in the league simply to get close to Bannon. How are you in this... O'Shea Jackson. How do you get wrapped up in this nonsense? How, sir? How? Accusing them of being connected to terrorism and making numerous outlandish statements, Quatnet statements were completely inconsistent with Henry's personal experience with the investors. Quatnets and Bannon have been friends for many years. The latter was once a partner in the firm. What are we talking about at this point? If Bannon's loose connection to a three-on-three basketball league wasn't apparent from the get-go and why it should have been, that changed upon an explosion declaration that Quatnets, represented by famed attorney Mark Garagos, filed last month in a defamation case against his league's two investors. Quatnets recalled a hike he took with Al uh, Rumahami in January 2018 during the hike Al Rumahami Ruma, Rumahi, Rumahi, allegedly requested Quatnet set up a meeting with Bannon to tell him that Qatar would underwrite all of Bannon's political efforts in return for support. At that time, Bannon had just been ousted from Trump's circle thanks to inflammatory comments published in Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury. Bannon was a vocal critic of Qatar, and if one accepts Quatnet's account, Al Ramahi believed he could change Bannon's attitude about Qatar by throwing him some money. Under Quatnitz's view, the investment in the big three was a front to obtain geopolitical influence. Throw this nigga in the trash. Throw Ice Cube's ass in the trash. Who are you kidding me? Come on, don't play this game with me, man. Stop. With these black celebrities, please. Y'all still want to have these talks to me with me about ownership. Okay. Y'all still want to talk to me and try and lecture me and school me about black ownership. There is none. You know what? I'm going to do y'all side. Let me, this is from 2018. I'll put the article in the uh, chat for your perusal. For your perusal. Throw these black celebs in the trash. Tra- okay? In the trash. <sighs> Look at this. 
New York Post, racist Big Three co-founder got Steve Bannon involved in the suit. <laughs> this was 2018. And I still don't know what happened with this. I still don't I don't still don't know what was the the outcome of this of this lawsuit. New lawsuit alleges Qatari investors attempted to access Steve Bannon through the big three. So this is why we they uh, let Cube have this. Okay, we'll let you have this. We'll let you be the face of it, but we got some other things we need to work on through this that are none of your concern. Do you understand? Okay. Okay, so the case, okay, as Ice Cube and co-founder Jeff Quadnitz have reportedly testified that the backers invested in an attempt to access Steve Bannon, who was President Trump's chief strategist at the time. Bannon and Quadnitz have worked together in the past at a TV production company. They remain friends. The big three are suing Qatari investors for $1.2 billion, according to the lead co-founders. At declarations in LA, uh, LA, uh, Los Angeles Tuesday, the investors sought positive public relations for Qatar. So this whole big three thing was just a, a political front to make Qatar look good and have Steve Bannon say, hey, Qatar's good in my book. That's all this is. This ain't even about no goddamn basketball, man. Oh, my gosh. One of the men is a former Qatari diplomat in the United States named Ahmad Ramahi. According to the testimony uh, Rumahi bragged about bribing several Washington politicians, including national or former national security advisor, General Michael Flynn. Get the hell out of here. You have got to be kidding me. Throw ice cubes ass in the trash. Cutter, oh, it's called Cutter, not Qatar. I'm, I'm late. I didn't know. Okay, get Ice Cube up out of here. <laughs> cutter, I didn't know that. I didn't know they call it Cutter. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Cutter. I've always heard Qatar. So once again, Quatnets testified, Mr. Al Ramahi. Requested I set up a meeting between him, the Qatari government, and Steve Bannon, and to tell Steve Bannon that Qatar would underwrite all of his political efforts in return for his support. This was 2018. If y'all don't get Ice Cube the hell out my face. If y'all don't get Ice Cube the hell out my face. Now, I can't find a resolution for this. My, like I said, this is 2018. I've yet to find any resolution to this case. I've yet to find any resolution to this case from 2018. So basically the big three was a front. You took monies from Qatar. They said, look, okay, we're going to give you this money. Tell Steve Bannon. We good. Because one of the big three's co-founders is cool with Steve Bannon. Okay. Y'all got it. QB y'all boy, y'all got it. Y'all got it. And that's insane. That's insane. Yeah, that's right. Got the World Cup. They sure did. 
Oh, average say cutter. Okay, okay. I'm about to say because I've always heard Qatar. All right, okay. <laughs> Y'all get Ice Cube the hell out my face. Controlled opposition, all of them, the lot of them. Wow. All right, let me do this. Let's get to a clip. Let's get to a clip. What clip is this? Oof. No, I don't, I'm not ready for that one. That's too. That's too. That's not. That's not good. Uh, let's. What is? Which one is this? What is this? Ooh, this is bad too. This is bad. We'll save all the cop stuff over here. Okay, what is this? Oh, this is bad. But you know what? You know, it sucks when you see videos like this being a husband because you just never know. Like, will my wife do this to me? <laughs> this is being bad. evicted from my house now. Yeah, immediately, but what, what we allow you to do is get an overnight bag. All right, so right. We'll, we'll go inside. So you can get some of your things. I have to leave with you. No, you can, you can drive away. No, 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 no. What I'm asking you is, I have to leave right now. Correct. Yep. So you can go inside, gather up some of your things. We allow you that courtesy. And do you have your car here? I do. I do. And then on your own accord, you can leave here, okay? So you're gonna leave and I can leave after you leave? I just have to leave. We're gonna leave, no, we're gonna leave with you. We're gonna leave together. You, okay. you definitely have to leave today, okay? Gotcha. So what gotcha. we'll do now, go inside, mm -hmm. get some of your things. You need this back? What's that? This. Nope, that's for you. This is me. Yep. This is me. This is sad. That's officer and that's officer. Can I see your eyes, please? Is that okay? All right. My wife filed a false abuse claim against me in order to initiate a divorce, in order to get an advantage over the property that we have. This is cold. Out of nowhere, she just filed a false abuse claim against me and had me evicted from the house. Cold. Women in particular who do this to men are criminals. They are dangerous. They are criminals. My understanding now is that this is a strategy that many women will employ in court in order to take advantage of their husbands <laughs> and their property. Y'all so mean in these comments. You say I should have seen this coming? Uh oh. She did everything she could to keep me from seeing what she was doing. For the men who have to go through this and the children who have to go through this, I feel sorry for you. This is painful, but the only thing that is going to heal this is justice. If you know someone, or if you are someone and this has happened to you, I'd love to hear from you. There needs to be a movement to stop this. Good luck with that. There needs bro. to be a movement that's, so that's that some happen. strong legislation no, can be put in place happen. to stop this. That's not going to happen. This is criminal. Now, you know what? This has happened to me before, too. Right? So I, I've had an ex call the cops on me. And I've told this story before. And I thank God that many of me was in the bed, sleep the whole entire time. She never knew anything about it. But I had this happen to me. <laughs> and you know what? When it gets to that point. There's nothing to be said. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, at that point, you're an open enemy at, at that point. To me, you're an open enemy, you know? And if ever, if there's ever a chance I could pay you back the favor, I'll do so, you know? So this happens more than I think people realize, whether you're married or not. The marriage thing, that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's just an added um, penalty, but this happens a lot to men, regardless if they're married to the woman or not. So um, it's it just, you know, 
it's just it's almost like par for the course to a certain extent. You no, know, like yeah, they got rid of the lifetime alimony. I once again <laughs> to there's three sides to the story, right? Everybody's got their version, and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. So, you know. Um, okay. What is this? What is this? Um I don't care about that. I'll cover that at another another time. What is this? Let's do this. Okay, let's do this. Um, this lady here, I think her name is Kia or Kaya J. She's a TikToker, right? Now, this is why I say this the body count thing is useless. This is a very dangerous message this woman is saying. Now, ladies, this is for you. I would like to get you guys' thoughts on what she's saying because basically she's saying I would rather give you my physical body than give you access to my emotional the part of me. So this woman basically did a spoken word about um, she would rather give you physical access as opposed to emotional access. This is a very, very dangerous message this woman is getting is, is saying to women and i've seen the comments and it's pretty much split 50 50 it's pretty much split 50 50 but let's let her get into it we'll pick apart some things and ladies i would love to hear from y'all what y'all th- what you think what your thoughts on on this poem she, she's uh she's reciting i like to let the sex come first before we think of things to say before we dive into our most inner thoughts let's get the fucking out the way Okay, off the top. <laughs> off the top. Now, there are women that can have sex with no emotional attachment. I, they, I've met, I've come across a few. Those few, those are dangerous women. But let's continue. Ladies, this is, this is for y'all. I, I need to hear y'all on this one. See, for me, bad dick is a deal breaker. No matter if you're smart or you're fine. So before I invest my energy into you, I need to know if it's worth my time. So we might fuck soon as we meet. Once, twice, maybe three in a row. Then if that chemistry is there, we can begin to get to know. Wow. This is a, uh, no, this is not Jim Jones chick. She's a poet. Her name's what is her name? I forgot the name. Kia J, Kaya J. You know, not that I'm trying to promote or anything, but this is not good. But continue, let's continue, let's continue. Because the pressure of leading up to the physical is something that I can't take. And the pastor that made the mistake of investing in men that can't make me shake. So I need to know if my body can fuck with you. Before you introduce to my spirit, because if you want to talk after you fail to make me come, I ain't even trying to hear it. Okay, so there are women out here like this. That if you can't pleasure them and, and make them have an orgasm, there's, there could be some problems. This, the, let me see. I'm going through the comments. I'm going through the comments. I'm going through the comments. Once again, either for or against her message. And as a woman, I, I'm I, I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. She hurt. She has baggage. Okay, let's continue. See, with most women, they pussy is they only possession. They make men work before they lay. Be selective of who they let touch their bodies, but then give their hearts away. My prize possession is my energy too. This vibe is redefined, so you can penetrate my body before you get into this mind. Okay, so which is more important, the body or the mind? Which is more important, the body or the mind? The best things about me have nothing to do with the things that I can do with the bed. I might let you get into my drawers, but never let you get into this head. Plus, I've seen it too many times, these women that want to make men wait. 
thinking that playing a good girl role will somehow guarantee their fate. And then once he get what he want, he going like a thief in the night. And your asses be DMing me crying and talking about, Kara, I did everything right. So we, we figure out the, sex, the sexual chemistry first and then we build off of that for the relationship. Y yeah. So what she's saying is, let's see if we're, we're physically, sexually compatible first and then we build all, all off that. Uh, okay, I mean, let, let's go, let's go. As women, we make sex this huge ordeal when that's not always the case. Because sometimes it is about starting the future, but sometimes it's just about riding his face. And if you get sex out the way early on and he doesn't go to get distant, that means he wasn't just trying to use you for sex, he might actually be consistent. Because if you fuck him and he changes up, then you know what he was there for. But if he stays around, then it's possible that it could mean something more. But someone told me I have to be very careful with who I let in between my thighs because it's never solely physical when you factor in them soul ties. But here's the thing. Regard Wait, because it, it was the conscious people that was talking about soul ties. I saw all the memes, all the, you know, the flow chart of the sexual energy pathways, right? Uh, the conscious folk was like, yo, be careful. Don't be laying with everybody. Give a piece of your soul to everybody and... You know, you had the diagram with you sleep with this person, this person sleeps with two people and so on and so forth. And it, it, one turns into a thousand people. So now we're going to disregard that right now. The body isn't the physical isn't isn't as important as the mental or the emotional. OK, I mean, hey, I, I'm just I'm just here asking questions. Regardless of what you've been led to believe when it comes to men. They don't automatically get access to your soul. You have to invite them in so I could fuck you till the sun comes up. And let you into deep in my lady parts, but having access to this pussy don't give you access to this heart. And I'm not trying to minimize the power of that physical connection, but uh, I'm also not about to act like giving him your heart is the same as giving him an erection. Okay. I, I get it. I understand her point. I get it. I get it. I get it. Because this perception of equating love to sex is a mentality that is dated. Yes, we've tied the two together, but they're not naturally related. See, someone could love you from the best parts of their soul and never want to lay you down. And a man can want to do all kinds of nasty shit to you and not want you to stay around. So this idea that sex has to be something special is a rule that I can't fathom because sometimes I want the love. But other times I just want to orgasm. Hey, and you know what? Hey, uh, to each his own. I, I still think this is dangerous rhetoric. I think this is a dang This is skirting a very, very thin line. I could be wrong. And that doesn't make me heartless, nor do I think guys are only good for sex. I just don't put too much pressure on that part. I'm more concerned with what comes next. So here's to the grown-ups doing grown-up things. Everybody can't relate, but if you're single and you're open-minded, I'm down to fuck on the first date. Okay. And you know what? I've come across women I've had first date sex with, and I would be, you know, every day for the next two weeks, I'd be <laughs> with that woman and we date whatever i i don't necessarily look down upon women that um uh, first date sex i i you know it is what it is but i think that's that's some skirting that's skirting the line that's that's skirting the line for me that's skirting the line for me but you know <laughs> it is what it is i don't know when i was single and and lost i would rather have sex with a man than let man in i hear you and once again, I get it. Her booty. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Okay.
So it seems the majority of you guys disagree with her. But like I said in the, in the comments on Twitter, it's pretty much 50-50. Like it's a hard 50-50. Like you got some going hella hard for her and then others going hella hard against her. So I don't know. Yeah, she pumping and dumping. That's There's women out there that can do it though. Exactly. Yes. Now she want a relationship. Now she, t yeah. I, I, see, at some point, normalcy comes back in, you know. Even the city girls want husbands. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay. Okay. And yeah, like I said, it, that's, that's, that's on her. I just think that's a, a very, that's skirting the line for me, you know. Okay. Let's get into some stories. All right. This little badass kid that killed his mama. Or, yeah, this little badass kid that killed his mama because his mama didn't buy him the VR headset. He's being charged as an adult. I think what you're going to see more and more over the next decade or so, I can see a lot of states going to start lowering these limits on juveniles as basically what they can be charged for as an adult. You're going to see more and more juveniles not get juvenile protection and be treated like an adult if they do adult crimes. I think society is tired of giving these children passes and making excuses for them for when they when they commit adult crimes under the guise of, well, they're still young. They, they, didn't, they don't know what they were doing. They can't process. They had, you know, no rationale. I, I think people are tired of these of these kids. And like, like I said, you're going to see more and more of these children be charged and treated like adults moving forward. So this little bastard that shot his mother in the face for not buying him a VR headset will be tried as an adult for murder. And I'm okay with that. Milwaukee, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Kiana Mann was allegedly shot to death by her 10-year-old son who was angry that she wouldn't buy him a virtual gaming reality, uh, virtual reality gaming headset. Uh, you see? Okay. Has been deemed competent to stand trial as an adult. I agree with this. I'm okay with this. The child whose identity is not being made public underwent review by two psychologists before Milwaukee County Circuit Court Judge Jane Carroll rendered the decision to try him as an adult on Thursday. The psychologist def uh, uh, deferred on whether the boy was truly competent or differed, differed on whether the boy was truly competent or understood the nature of the crime or the charges against him. His defense attorney told Carroll she did not believe the boy would be able to assist in the defense. The judge nonetheless deemed him prepared to stand trial as an adult saying that the boy who was 10 years old at the time of the November shooting had not received a major mental diagnosis and had de uh, demonstrated an ability to comprehend and learn what was happening around him. Uh, Milwaukee County prosecutor told the judge the child knew his case was in adult court, that he knew his case was a felony. He knew that there were two types of cases, felonies and misdemeanors, and he knew it was serious. Prosecutors say the boy's mother, Kiana Mann, was doing laundry in her Wisconsin home when her son confronted her with a gun taken from a lockbox in the residence that he accessed with the key. The boy initially told authorities it was an accident and he only meant to scare his mother 
and shoot at the wall just behind her. Man walked in front of the gun, however, and was shot in the face. The shooting was originally ruled an accidental, but according to ABC's, uh, when police questioned the boy a second time, he said it wasn't accidental. Instead, he told police he was angry with his mother the, that day because she woke him up early. Police only questioned him a second time because man's family members raised concerns with authorities that the boy had long running rage issues and frequently acted out. They noted, too, that he had been go- undergoing therapy. Just a day after man died, prosecutors say the boy purchased the virtual reality headset on his mother's Amazon account, told his grandmother, I'm sorry for killing my mom. Lord have mercy. Man was on the cusp of completing her master's degree in business at Concordia University before she was killed. Uh, let's see. So her mother said uh, he took something very precious from me. Man's sister, Rhonda Reed, told the station that when he spoke, when she spoke to the boy while he was in custody, he said he did not remember shooting his mother. He instead changed the subject of conversation to his device to his devices. Reed also emphasized that her nephew had a long history of mental health issues when her sister was killed. She said in December, um, her nephew had already been receiving treatment for mood disorders. She also said her nephew reported hearing multiple imaginary voices. Uh Uh-oh. Part of the solution prescribed him uh, to him by therapist was less time on electronic devices. Reed said her sister was doing what doctors recommended and limiting or removing his access to electronic devices or violent games. The 11 year old was charged this January with first degree intentional homicide. He is next slated to appear in court September 5th for a prelim- preliminary hearing. Lock this little bastard up <laughs> in Wisconsin. Children as young as 10 can be charged as adults for certain severe crimes, including first degree intentional homicide, first degree reckless homicide and attempted first degree intentional homicide. Lock this son bitch up. Lock this little bastard up. This little hellion. This is this, he's a hellion. He, he, he's no good to society. Lock him up. He, he's no good to society. He's damaged goods. Generational curse. Huh? Yes. No. Can I say it? We got the, we, hey, what did what she say in the Freddy Krueger movie? We got to cut out this evil. We got to cut this evil out. Yeah, he, he knew. Hell yeah, he knew. Yeah. Where you at, Rose Gold? That's why Roe v. Wade is important. Uh, I bet if she knew what she was carrying, she would have vacuumed it. Oh, Lord. You know, I pro- she probably wouldn't have. She probably wouldn't have. Nah. Y- you know, in every Damien movie, Rosemary's Baby movie, what ends up happening, Right. The man is always like, we have to kill this child because this child is evil. What ends up happening? The mother steps in. Every demonic movie, go rewatch Rosemary's Baby. What happened at the end? She accepted her son was the, was the seed of, of the devil. She had a smile on her face and all the people that were standing next to her all surrounded her. And she embraced the idea of being the mother of Satan the first Damien. Come on, man. Every every movie that involves the woman being the vessel for Lucifer or whatever spirit, the woman always ends up accepting her fate. She's like, I'm going to protect this child. <laughs> the 
The man, the, the husband's like, no, we got to kill it. It can't live. What the woman end up doing? Okay? So if, even if she knew, she would have kept this kid. She would have kept it because she, she probably would have felt she could have changed him if he did this different, did that different, had more of this in his life, more of that in his life, less of this. She would have kept this kid. Because think about all the women that keep these messed up kids to begin with. Listen, how many women you know that have children with men y'all deem slow? I don't mean like, I don't mean like Down syndrome slow, but how many women y'all know right now that have children with men you know good and goddamn well are slow? Yeah? Yes or no? Yes or no? How many women y'all know right now that got some kids with some men that they whole family is fucked up? Okay, yes, Damien. <laughs> the hearing voices part was interesting. Shout out to George Macon. Once again. <laughs> yeah. Raptors. Dominus. <laughs> yeah, you, you the, the the song rings in your head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna set him up before he do me. <laughs> Flossie, what in the hell? I'm not even mad at you, sis. Every time, every, find me a movie where the woman is the vessel for the Antichrist and she don't switch up at the very end and, and protect the, the child and ends up killing the father or making the father's job harder. To, you know what I'm saying? Every time. Every time. Okay? Okay. Okay. So y'all know a couple. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? So all these generational curses that y'all know personally, all these generational curses y'all seen firsthand become created, activated, or allowed to continue. Exactly. See? See? Uh, no, I haven't seen the remake. The first one was good enough for me. Right? I put rules in my house. I mean, I get it, but we're talking about male children. Listen, y'all know as as much as <laughs> when you have a boy, a male, when he gets to that point where he, where he no longer fears the mother, if you don't have the enforcer, which is a man backing you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I'm sure, and no diss to any mothers in the chat, but I'm, if you have male children, I know at some point they bucked at you and you said, you know, and you, and I'm sure for a split second, you said, damn, if he really wanted to fire off on me, there's nothing I can do. I'm more than sure to all the women that have had sons. I'm sure at one point when he bucked at you, you had a split second thought be like shit hmm I ain't got nobody here to help me if this boy decides to go left on me I know it's crossed y'all minds it may be just for a fleeting moment but I know the moment he flared made a fist said no walked up on you 
you know what I'm saying, or, or yelled at you for a fleeting moment. I know y'all was like, shit. What I's going to do if this boy decide to put his paws on me? Where's my phone? How far is my phone away? How soon could I call his uncle to come help? It don't matter. There's a moment when the son finally uh, uh, asserts himself and wants to show his dominance in the face of your motherly matriarchal stuff for a split second, New York second, microsecond, nanosecond, millisecond. That thought has crossed your mind. Where's my phone? Where did I, where's my baseball bat? Where's my gun? How far, how long would it take for someone to come to the house if I made a phone call? (sighs) Don't, don't front. Don't act like any happened to, to nobody, <laughs> please. Okay, let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Okay. There's a moment in time in y'all lives when you're raising your son. He said what, or he felt himself wanted to challenge your authority, and for that, just like that, you said, "God damn." Boy, he's he wears size twelve shoe now, and he's on a he's on a football team now. And uh, whew, I left my phone upstairs. And if he really wanted to, you know, is there is it? Where's his? Can I call his cousin? Ooh, how long? What time does his cousin get off work? His uncle just went to work third shift. Let me think. How long would it take for someone to get over here to help get him off my ass? Okay, I'm, I'm over. I'm over my rant. I'm over my rant. <laughs> exactly. If my little angel was a demon, she, I would still keep. Thank you for being honest. That's all I ask is honesty. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I ask is honesty. You've been there. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I I have, but yeah, of course the phone call was made. I have shit. I yeah, I I I'll be the first to tell you I have. I used to kick my son's bedroom door for no reason. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord! Uh, I'm looking at one right now, and her son can fire me if he wanted to. Fuck my life. I never, I never bucked, but I did snatch the belt. That's what I'm saying. See, my little brother did it to me when he was, when he was a teen. Okay. Wait, wait, what's going on between Carrie and George? What's what, what, what's going on? I, y'all good? what I miss? When he bucked, I bucked. We both going to die. Lord have mercy. Y'all some violent ass. I never raised my hands to my parents. Proper family struck out the door. My brothers feared my mom. They knew what was up. My dad would have threw me down the steps. I can't with y'all. Wait, I bucked at my mom real bad, and she pushed me through a wall. Jeez, he peed. What y'all got? Sasquatch parents? Y'all, what the fuck? Y'all got parents? 
goddamn Bigfoot parents and shit. Okay, shit. All right. They'll be on the ground before me, folded up like a dish rag. Y'all, that's that's funny. I don't even remember my brothers bucking up at my mama. My mama was a paramedic, so she was cock strong. I used positive reinforcement with my boy, plus he had a ton of men. See, okay. Okay, I rock bottom my son. Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. Y'all some violent ass parents. But I mean, I hear you. I, I kept right across my bed and wrapped my hands around his neck. Okay, you know what? That, too much honesty. S sorry. Uh-oh. Uh too much honesty. Okay. I, I, that's okay. No, no more confessions. No more confessions. No, no more confessions. Okay, confessions is over. No, no more usher. <laughs> No, no more ushers. <laughs> no more ushers. <laughs> no, nah, I, I didn't get to, I didn't get to Angus yet. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Okay. Wow. Sun deletions on. Man, y'all wildin'. All right. Let's, uh, shit. Okay. Let's go to China real quick. Social credit score. Um, so China has an app. China has an app and it says an app to tell users whether they are within 500 meter radius of someone who is on the blacklist of the social credit system. This alerts who you may want to stay away from lest your social credit score goes down. So even being around people with, with low social credit score can knock yours down. Holy cow. So this is already up and running in China. This is insane. So not only were you going to have a situation where you will punish those with low social credit scores, those with high, high scores are not going to want to be around those with low scores, lest they be punished. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. Okay. Okay. So yeah, th this is this is real. This is coming. It's coming to the states, man. So yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. That's scary. That's scary. This is scary. Okay, what is this? Yo, let's do this. Um, <laughs> so homeboy, what's his name? Tomar Simmons. I told y'all it was a it was a, it was a grift. What's the nigga's name? What was his name? Yeah. So this fool, this fool here. Right, he was supposed to be doing a um where's it? Let me get him let me get him on Twitter. Let me find him on Twitter. Hold up. Let's go to Twitter. Twitter. What is this fool's name? Tomar Simmons. I told y'all the grift was here. But now he says he's not gonna participate in the in the event. He's just gonna show up. 
<laughs> Somebody tweeted, one of the chefs actually tweeted from the, the place that's having the event. And they're like, please tell me this is not happening. I, I work here. And he called his supervisor and said, yeah, it's, it's happening. So <laughs> Carly Russell's ex-boyfriend, Tamar Simmons, doing a search and rescue club appearance to find a new love. <laughs> Jesus, Pete. Um, let's see. It's an awful story. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, she face. Okay, 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 okay. So, yeah. Now, here's what they're saying. Um, Carly Russell, okay, he pulls out of the Finding Love Club appearance. Attorney says, I can't. He says, well, I guess he won't be finding love. After all, we spoke with Tomar, and he says his attorney claims he can't do any booking regarding the case, so he had to cancel. So he had to cancel. Man, listen, I, now he may not be complicit in, in her fake kidnapping, but he damn sure is in complicit in the grift of it. <laughs> he damn sure complicit in, yes. Oh my God, this is beyond ghetto. This is beyond ghetto. He ain't waste no time. I mean, I'm all for monetizing the situation, but this is, this is stupid. <laughs> I get it, but this is silly at this point, right? Yeah, this is wild business. This is wild. Yeah, so once again, I believe he found out, just like the parents, midway through that she was lying. And now he's trying to capitalize off of it as much as he can. The quick bucks, the instant the instant fame and money. And yeah, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. Okay. Yeah, I had to get that out the way. Let me see what else. Because I don't want to forget anything before we get into like the Jason part of the show. Okay, let's do yellow bankruptcy real quick. Because this is heartbreaking. This is horrible. This is horrible. After they just agreed to settle this with these people. With the... All right, so U.S. trucking firm Yellow shuts operations to file for bankruptcy. Um, Yellow has ceased operations and is filing for bankruptcy after failing to reorganize and refinance over a billion dollars dollars in debt <sighs> yellow has historically proven that it could not manage itself despite billions of dollars in worker concessions and hundreds of millions in bailout funding from the federal government the company was the third largest u.s trucker specializing in less than truckload segment that combines shipments from different customers in the same trailer cheesy peach all right, part of that debt is a 700 million pandemic relief loan provided it by in 2020 by Trump in exchange for 30% stake in the net. Okay, so if, if the government owns 30%, dumb question. Would it just be make more sense for the government just to just to own it outright and, you know, how they did Chrysler, right? Did that and didn't that, didn't that what they did for Daimler, Daimler Chrysler? Right, I know Ford said no money. Ford didn't take a loan, but Chrysler did, I believe, right? So and I, I, I don't I don't agree with government should always step in and save companies, but I think this is too big to to let it go. It's the third largest 
trucking chip company. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is one of those situations where I think the government should step in and just say, you know what, we'll take over and federalize it and federalize this company. Anything goes. <laughs> so you say, just let them, let them, let them die. Let them die out. Yeah. What did they do with the money? Well, you know what they didn't do with the money. Well, Diddy, this is huge. The economy. I work, uh, I work at a tent, a tent manager job at yellow men and women make 30 to $50 an hour, including OT. I ain't mad at that. I, I don't know. I know it sounds crazy. I know Nick is like, no, less government, um, inclusion. I, I hear you. I just think this situation would, would, should warrant the government just taking over the entire company and federalizing. Nick says, trust me, slide the rest of the LTL haulers will fill the gap easily. You won't even feel there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Let them operate at a loss like UPS. I, I feel you. And now that UPS situation has gotten ugly. So now, Oh, so now the deal that they claim they made, it's not even, Oh man, it, that's a, that's a mess. That's a mess. The whole UPS thing. So a lot of that part, a lot of that for the contract was just for show. And from what they're saying, um, their operators are saying that UPS pretty much lied and it was a lot, a lot of it was just for clickbaits and, um, oh, it's, it's ugly, man. I, that UPS thing ain't going to get resolved no time soon. They're not going to, they're not going to authorize or agree to that, that tentative deal. They're not going to sign that deal. The teamsters are not going to sign that deal. So you know what? Let me do this. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to. Uh... Yeah, this is not going to go well. So now they're saying they did reach a deal, but I was on somebody's YouTube channel and they were talking to one of the regional presidents of their, their union. And he was like, we're not going to sign this deal. He was saying it was all jacked up. But now they're saying they did, they did five-year deal covers the 330,000 package delivery drivers. Um, okay. So he was saying a lot of their part-timers already make 20 bucks an hour, right? Even though this says currently starting price, starting price would be 1620. It could be higher, but he was saying a lot of their part-timers already make 20, 20 bucks an hour off the rip. And then he was saying their trucks, only the new trucks, will get retrofitted with air conditioners, not the old trucks. Every truck they purchase moving forward will get will get the AC and that will be based on seniority. So they will not retrofit the old trucks with AC, only the new trucks they purchase moving forward and it will be based on seniority. Um, what else did he say? There was something else. Oh, I should have took notes. I should have took notes. But he was saying it's it's not it's not what people think it is or, or they were reporting it, you know? So, um, mm-mm-mm. So I guess they agreed. This agreement continues to reward UPS's full intent. Hyundai Palisade versus Ford Explorer. What is that? Okay. Um, Amazon has a stake in UPS truck drivers. I did not know that. Morgan Stanley Transportation Analysis, which cited 2022 reports from shipping data from freight waves. Amazon accounted for 11% of UPS's annual revenue prior to 2022. Morgan Stanley estimated that at the time, Amazon accounted for 35 to 40% of UPS's domestic shipping volume. Now, that much I did know. 
Now, that's not all for over a year. Amazon warehouse employees have started complaining about less than ideal working conditions. Listen, I'm telling you, I did three months at, at, at Amazon. I will never. It is the worst. You think AI is bad now. I'm telling you as so. <laughs> so I was a shipping shipping manager on the, on the shipping floor. Like I, I had 10 docks. I had 10 docks. So every shipping manager, you got to understand how huge the Amazon, the Amazon warehouse is. It's ginormous. So there's maybe five to six shipping managers and we're all assigned so many docks. So I had 10 docks to myself to manage. And I'm telling you, we were always against the clock. We were always up against a computer. Um, I had to make sure my loaders loaded everything in a timely manner. I had to make sure every time I loaded a truck, I hit a certain, um, I, I said a certain piece count for every trailer I loaded. It was insane. And then we had to get these things out and so much time. We were only given so much time to load these trucks. And so then at one part of our training to help us be better managers or whatever, we had to go learn how to pick. So for those that have worked Amazon and you had to pick. So the robot carts bring the items to you. The light flashes on. So there's a computer screen and then the light flashes the item and then it flashes whatever bin you have to pick it from. And then the robot cart brings it to you. You got to pick it out the cart, put it in the bin, punch it in the computer, and you're against the clock. There's this clock that's always ticking. And every half hour, there's a guy with a clipboard that will come tell you, hey, you know, um, you're not hitting your numbers. Here's some techniques we can teach you to, to help you be a better picker. And I'm like, I'm just here because y'all said it, it that for, the, that for to help me understand the flow of the product. God damn it, I work in shipping. I'm only here for two weeks to train, to learn, but they're up against the clock. So for anybody that, that, that does picking and sorting for Amazon, you know what I'm talking about. You stand at the, there's these sections, you go walk up the ladder, the gate and steel grates and these robot carts are just whirling, you know, and it's carts, carts, carts. And every item that shows up, it comes to you. You have to look and see what bin it's in, grab the item, confirm the item punch scan it in put it in the bin right before the damn thing leaves and you see this clock and it's constantly and it times you for every time it took you to pick every item it's always calculating and you will have somebody come every 30 minutes like hey you know we can help you here's some techniques let me help you i'm just like this is some bullshit i would never go back to amazon i would never Never, never. God bless you Africans. Because there's a bunch of Africans that work there. God bless y'all. Sly ain't built like that. Sly said, you know what? I don't need this shit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can't do that. Y listen, y'all have no idea. Matter of fact, what y'all should do just on some kiki ha ha shit go apply to amazon work it for two weeks just do the picking sorting for two weeks it will give you a whole new perspective on life and just stress and you're always against the clock always 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 and then of course you got to get make sure your your pick 
your accuracy, your pick accuracy is over 98%, whatever the case may be. And, um, if, if the, when the robot carts goes down, it shuts down, you have to sit, you know, you shut down whatever, and they got to go out to the floor and play with the, the robot and whatever the case may be, man, fuck that. I will never go back to Amazon. You understand? Never. You can't, there's not enough money. You can pay me. Now, mind you, even after that training for two weeks, I'm back on the floor. You know, you got, this is how accidents happen. This is how people get hurt and injured because you're always rushing them and pushing them to get this, get this done quickly and not efficiently, but just as quickly as possible. And it's like, this is how accidents happen, man. And, um, I couldn't work. I couldn't work under those environments. And I'm not the type of guy that's going to be barking at people. Yo, our numbers and we're falling behind and we're behind schedule and this and this and that. And yeah, I'm not that guy. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't just bark at people because I'm being barked at. <laughs> this is probably why I wouldn't make it in the military. <laughs> I, I just couldn't. That was a hellacious. That's hands down. The number one or number two worst working experience in my life was the Amazon. Yeah. And it's just incense, incessant waves of product and trailers to load. And, oh, God forbid you get um, you get a truck where it's all next day. You know how you do it. Amazon Prime members, they get it next day. God forbid you get one of those trucks and it's all next day. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. Sorry. Flashback. I had a PTSD, PTSD. I got PTSD. PT and, and, and you know what's funny? Because then now on the other side of it, when I order Amazon, now I'm like, damn, I just made somebody's job that much harder. That's how much is, it's affecting me working at Amazon. Now I'm like, I feel bad when I order Amazon because I know what type of pressure my order is causing a picker. And then it not only will it affect the picker, it affects the fork guy. And then it affects the guy that has to load the pallet. And then it affects the shipping guy that has to get this stuff all out in the trailer in, 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 in under 30 minutes. Then it affects the driver. You know what I'm saying? So that side of Amazon has totally opened my eyes to how my, my one order can really just set somebody the fuck off. Like my one order, because I got to have it the next day, can cause somebody total calamity during their shift. My one order will affect... Easily 10 people, easily 10 people, easily 10 people, easily, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's not about quality. It's not about quality. Oh my God. No. Yeah. I, 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 I saw too much. <laughs> I saw too much. I want my shit right now. See what I'm saying? I'm telling you, if you're on the other side of that, you'd be like, damn, this is what I've been causing people to go through, huh? With, with my orders, huh? I'm telling you, it gives you a different perspective. I'm telling you, it gives you a whole different perspective. You will, you, you appreciate Amazon workers. So when you see that Amazon van pull up, you'll be more apt to be like, Hey man, how's your day going? You got, you good. You know, you're on time for your routes. Like this is what I tell Am the, the Amazon dudes. They'd be like, Oh, how, you know, I used to work at the warehouse. Oh yeah, 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 man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So even the Amazon drivers, they're on the clock. They're being clocked. They got cameras watching them. They got a timer in their truck. To see how long it takes for each stop, man. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So I have a complete different appreciation. Yeah. Logistics is a motherfucker. I mean, like if the average person understood the pressure 
not only just the pressure, but all what all it takes to get your product to you, you people will be a little bit more nicer and a little bit more patient with the logistics. You know what I'm saying? So, um, okay, wow, that was way overboard. Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. All right, what? what, what, what? <laughs> I got PTSD like a motherfucker, right? I'm all messed up. All right, what, what did I want to get into? What was my next story? Um, man, yeah, let's get into the uh, let's get into the Jason part of the show, man. First up, man, listen. Now I did a video on him in the live stream that I took down a while ago, but uh, Angus Cloud, uh, if you watch Euphoria on HBO's Max, starring Zendaya, Angus, Angus. So the the three main characters that you care about the most is uh, Rue, played by Zendaya. Uh, Fezco, played by the now deceased Angus, and Ashtray. Ashtray, Fez, and Rue are like the three main people you care about. Then you care about the other side, the other side characters, but Rue, Fez, Fezco, and and Ashtray. Right? And um, it's a phenomenal series written by Sam Levinson. Same Sam Levinson that that wrote that atrocious um, idol, which is Martina's favorite show in the whole wide world. So, um, he was being sued by his former manager, but what the situation was, was Fez was trying to get, well, Angus was trying to get clean. You know, Angus was a longtime drug addict and his man and every manager he had just kept, kept feeding him drugs. And the last one he fired, tried to sue him. So let me get into that real quick. So, um, this is what his last manager tried to do to him. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, here we go. It is 1028. All right, how about the prince? <laughs> Come on in here, styling and profiling. Bring some morning. royalty. Hey, yeah, Family. what's going on? How you doing, how son? How are you? How good. Are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. We're doing the hug. Yes, huh? yes. It's good yeah. to see you. Good to see you. Coming in style and profile. Wow. Well, I'm with the coolest people in DC. Okay. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I wish I wish we had smell vision because you always God, smell amazing. All right, let's get into it here. We want to bring in producer Chris in the control room with buzz about some big stars in big trouble. Chris, what's going on? Yeah, that's right. And we're going to start off with actor Jonathan Majors. And I'll be honest ah, with you. Come it on, is... here it is. I want to get to the, the, the Fezco part. Come on, man, with this bullshit. Shocking to see. Get out of here. Get out of here. That could. Get out of here. A lot of dumb, right? Where they tried no. for quite some time. Yeah, and you know, no. more than $60,000 in unpaid wages. In a Twitter thread, the former manager also says Cloud once vomited in his face when he had to perform CPR due to an alleged drug overdose. He says he met Cloud in 2021 while working as a mental health technician in a rehab facility and helped him get back on his feet as he shot to stardom. So far, Cloud has yet to respond to those claims, guys. Mm. You know, he had an interesting, I remember talking about him, gosh, over a year ago when obviously when- This kid was a lifelong drug addict and all of his managers kept feeding him drugs and he, 
when yeah, euphoria was all the buzz and and how natural he was on screen and then his backstory that they just kind of plucked him out of nowhere and he had really mm -hmm. no real acting background uh, so it's a shame that it, it seems like this is all kind of blowing up because he was one of the main stars of that show right you lost me a vomit in my face yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's not like now you know what yeah. now it's time to head out uh it's ironic, though, that all this comes... Well, we get it. When you're missing money, mm -hmm. that's a huge issue. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's all these layers of extra things happening that were such a problem. But all right, anywho. So they got their wish. He's not here anymore. He joins the 25 Club. Right? He joins the 25 Club. I know most people be like, the 27? I'm like, yes, but there's a 25 Club, too. And it's just... It's a lot of... Young stars, 25. All right. So, yeah, Angus dead at 25. Uh, died at his family's home in Oakland, California. Uh, it is with the heaviest heart that we had to say goodbye to an incredible human today. As an artist, a friend, a brother, and a son, Angus was special to uh, all of us in so many ways. Um, the family noted that Cloud's father... His father was buried last week and the actor intensely struggled with that, with this loss. The only comfort we have is knowing Angus is now reunited with his dad, who is his best friend. Angus was open about his battle with mental health and we hope that his passing can be a reminder to others that they are not alone and should not fight this on their, uh, on their own si on their own in silence. We hope the world remembers him for his humor, laughter and love for everyone. We ask for privacy at this time and we are still processing this devastating loss. Uh, HBO spokesperson said we're incredibly saddened to learn of the passing of Angus Cloud. He was immensely talented and beloved part of the HBO and Euphoria family. We extend our deepest condolences to his friends and family during this difficult time. Um, though the Oakland Fire Department did not identify Cloud by name, the Fire Department Chief of Staff Michael Hunt told people they were dispatched to a local residence around 1130 a.m. for a medical emergency. Upon arrival, the patient was determined to be already deceased. Uh, we're unable to provide a cause of death. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh rest in peace to, uh, Angus Cloud, AKA Fezco. Yeah. Like I said, if you have teenage children, you need to watch Euphoria just for to get up to speed on the drug culture, the lingo, um, how crafty and just how smart they are at hiding their drug, their drug abuses, their drug addictions. You need to watch that show. And some of this shit is over the top. Keep in mind, this is Sam Levinson. But for the most part, if you have teens, you know, you need to watch this show just so you can be on your drug game. I know this sounds messed up, but you know what it is. What it is. Okay, let's get to our next Jason victim. This one, you know, we all grew up with this guy. Oh, man, Pee Wee Herman, yo. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman, son. Not Pee Wee. Actor and comedian Paul Rubens has died. Rubens shot to fame in the late 1980s and early 90s with his character Pee Wee Herman leading to multiple movies and a TV show. Let's bring in entertainment journalist Brian Baltazar now to talk about this. Brian, a post on the official Pee Wee Herman Facebook page actually revealed that Paul Rubens has been privately battling with cancer for years before he died just last night. There was also a quote that was posted attributed to Paul Rubens himself. It says, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years.
years, I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. So can you talk about the cultural this impact of Pee Wee Herman? in the 90s and Wish 80s. Him in the hat, you know right, what? sure. So in the beginning, he started out <laughs> as an actor in The Groundlings, which so many famous actors we know of started out as an improv uh, comedian. And he really launched this character, Pee Wee Herman, from a very early age, starting there with a stage show that ran for months, which then led to a TV show, Pee Wee's Playhouse. And then that springboarded into movies like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee Wee. And during that time, he was such a part of the cultural zeitgeist. And in fact, he really didn't give any interviews as himself he Yo. only gave interviews and did appearances as peewee so we're talking decades where people only i remember he got caught in the theater masturbating in the theater like that kind of brought him back to fame because then he ended up doing uh mtv awards after that like people thought his career was over after he got arrested for that but then he reshot back to stardom he became popular again you know he saw Paul Rubens as this character and really didn't know the man behind this suit and bow tie. And Brian, when we talk about his best role, um, Blow, he played one of Johnny Depp's coke buddies. Remember, because the character he played was like, yo, I just want to connect. and I'm not going to stiff you. Just give me the connect. Yeah, he was in he was in Blow. People forget he was in Blow. Like Pee Wee could act. Pee Wee could act. About the man behind the suit and the bow tie, we also have to talk about some of the controversies that surrounded him, his run-ins with the law. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this is this is what really complicates the legacy of Paul Rubens. Really, in 1991, he was in, arrested in Sarasota, Florida, for exposing himself in adult in an adult theater. theater yeah. Pardon me, yeah. and that really really caused him to stop everything. His career was really railroaded for the better part of nine years. Um, obviously, the, the, the irony of being a child character combined with this unfortunate behavior in an adult theater was a mix that just was not going to work for the, him and this character. Um, he did then have a comeback, but it was in 2002, at the age of 50, that then he was uh, arrested for misdemeanor possession of obscene material that included material um, of those of a minor. And so that charge was later dropped to a lesser charge, but he would basically be haunted by these two particular arrests for the better part of his life. And I think that's also partly why his relationship with the public has been been a quiet one because it's been very complicated from the start. Yeah. So Brian, given all that, right, his success and his controversy, what will be his legacy? Well, it's a complicated one. I think first you're going to talk about a, a man that really made a lot of people laugh, brought a, brought a lot of people. Lawrence Fishburne was the cowboy on Pee Wee's Playhouse. He gave a lot of people their first start. Lawrence Fishburne, for those of us that remember, or that if you already knew, he was a cowboy on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay. Joy. But unfortunately, you can't talk about the person in their life without talking about these rather complicated uh, incidents within it. So I think really it's how everyone chooses to view a person's life. And for many people, it will be one of joy and laughter. And then others, it will be one that was also riddled with some unfortunate behavior that, that complicated the legacy as a whole, truthfully. All right. Brian Baltazar helping us remember Pee Wee Herman. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to now this one was uh I, man listen I, I this was like a shocker to me and yalla van zant y'all and yalla van zant J listen the beast undefeated let's go let's go come on roll it
Yeah, I didn't. This was a shocker to me right here. This is her youngest daughter. Jason is off to a phenomenal start this year. One of the strongest starts I can recall in a very long time. Okay. Okay. The youngest daughter, Nisa, asking for your prayers. She was okay. That's the youngest daughter. Okay. Okay. Let's get to how old was she and what happened. The message of grief asks for prayers and respect for the family's privacy. Mm-hmm. No further details on the circumstances surrounding her death. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. 20 years after Inyala's daughter, Jemaya, uh, died. Wow, age 32. Oh, 32. Numbers from colon cancer. Okay. Yeah, I see you pay homage. Pay homage, sister. You are an Eastern star. Let's go. Let's go. Now let's see. No further details. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get... And we're not getting much out of, out of her. She says, God must have really, really trusted me to give you, to give me a soul to bring into life and to trust me with the courage to send her out. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. In 2014, uh, uh, she recalled how she found journals of Jemiah's, uh, after her death, which Nyala said, saved my life. Because I really, I was really ready to leave out of here. I've had so much pain in my life. I didn't think I could sustain another hour. So that was her. This is Nisa. Okay. Okay. All right. Now let's get to part three. Did I get everything? Let me, let, me, let me check. Let me check my notes. Natasha, thank you for the five and the cash. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's PV. Nope, part four. All right, Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier out here still taking catching bodies. I, I still want to go to Lake Lanier just because of the ambiance behind it. One of these days this summer, I'm going to make a trip to Lake Lanier just because. Because I'm hard-headed like that all right this is crazy um wow this is wild wait wait go back okay no wait stop it stop be quiet stop okay there we go okay volume all right let's go let's go let's go the army corps of engineers says it doesn't have any recorded cases of electrocution on lake lanier while rare, this could serve as a reminder Wait, why, why are you? I can't hear you, lady. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Let me re refresh this because the volume was pretty low. Any recorded cases of electrocution on Lake Lanier. And while rare, this could serve as a reminder to boaters to get an electrician to double check their docks. Three people lost their lives this in Lake insane. Lanier this past weekend. It was a tough weekend. It's a sad weekend. Divers are continuing the search for a swimmer. 61-year-old Tracy Stewart drowned and perhaps the most unique. A spokesperson for the Department of Natural Resources Law Enforcement Division says 24-year-old Shepard Milner jumped off a dock with a boat lift. He was shocked by the electricity in the water and died at the hospital. Wow. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office is still investigating if anything faulty caused his death. 
some docks do have amperage. They do have electrical units attached to them. And when those electrical units touch down to the water, it can charge the water. I talked to Jeez. Shepard's mother, Martha Milner, on the phone. She told me our deck was less than three years old and was outfitted with electricity by a licensed electrician. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers spokesperson Steve Stanley says when families get their permits, engineers inspect and ensure the electricians are legit. We try to go around to uh, each of our docks every five years. We try. That doesn't necessarily mean that we do. However, mm -hmm. it can't always protect swimmers from something going wrong. They're really there for, for watercraft. They're not necessarily there to like have your patio furniture to go jumping and diving and swimming out of. Martha said the family has owned their lake property for more than 60 years and told me Shepard loved the lake. Almost mm -hmm. every week he would spend his day off riding with the jet ski, swimming or just snoozing on the dock to some music. While she's planning a funeral for her son, she told me she wonders what could have possibly gone wrong. Until the investigation reveals this, Stanley offers these tips to boulders and swimmers. Clean up uh, of your dock this area to make crazy. sure there's no tripping hazards, any exposed wires specifically, uh, or anything that can kind of hang down or hit somebody in the head. Please wear a life jacket. In Flowery Branch, Teresa Bowles, 11 Alive News. Listen, if there's if, if a thousand ways to die when it comes to Lake Lanier, some of the most whacked out ways people, um, let me find another, the other two deaths. Yeah, this shit, that place is, is wicked, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. And you know what's it's funny? All my time living in, in, in Georgia, I've never gone. It can make sense, y'all. Okay, so more shit. So between two, uh, 200 people have died since 1994. <whistles> between 94 and, and 2022, six, 216 people have died at Lake Lanier. Jeez, Pete. So here we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So from 2018 to 2022, they had 2018, eight drownings, 11 deaths. 2019, eight drownings, 11 deaths. 2020, seven, seven drownings, 10 deaths. 2021, four drownings, nine deaths. 2022, six drownings, seven deaths. So far as of last year, 33 drownings, if you like numbers, and 48 deaths. This shit is wicked. Get, uh, all right, well, let me get to the. I want to get to the recent deaths. The other two that died. Okay. So two men drowned. Let's see. Sixty-one-year-old Stone Mountain man disappeared when he dove off the side of a boat near East Bank Lake and never resurfaced. Tracy Stewart's body was just found after nine p.m. in the lake. That same night, a 27-year-old man was reported missing when he, too, went under while swimming near a boat near Van Pugh Park. The DNR and Hall County Fire, fire are still searching for the unidentified man's body. This, this shit's wicked as fuck. The deaths come after 24-year-old 24, uh, Thomas Milner was killed when officials say he was electrocuted after jumping off a dock. The lake near uh, Lanier Beach South Road. Okay, so Milner Milner entered the water from his family dock and was heard screaming for help shortly. A neighbor pulled Milner from the water. He was rushed to Northside Forsyth, where he later died. Uh, the deadly week sent the number of deaths at Lake Lanier since the beginning of the year from three to six. Numbers again, people. Now, I didn't know about this one. Now, many people escape the heat and cool off. At now, 
many people are looking to escape the heat and cool off at Lake Lanier. But a mother who lost her son when he drowned in the lake is urging people to be alert. Yeah, Fox 5's Rob DiRienzo talked with Dorian Pinson's mom about the safety regulations she'd like to see at Lake Lanier. The 25-year-old rented a pontoon and came down here to Lake Lanier for the weekend with some of his friends from college from South Carolina. That was the last time anyone would see Dorian Pinson alive, completely shattering his mom's world. Around 9.30 at night, I got a call. Alicia Pinson crazy? vividly remembers that call more than two years later. On the other end, a Hall County Sheriff's deputy. It was about her son, Dorian. My son was missing, and... They would begin searching again the next day for him. Divers would not find the 25-year-old's body for another 87 days. Damn. Alicia essentially moved here from South Carolina until they did. <laughs> Praises what? to God. Because that was my prayer. Give his, just allow us to have his body back. Because Lake Lanier does not get that. Pinson says her son was an up-and-coming pro basketball player who traveled the globe to play. A guy who was gentle, funny, and smart. Two years later, she still has a lot of questions about what happened on that boat. First of all, know who you're with. Make sure who you're with care about you as much as you care about you. Yeah, Ma'am, that because has nothing to do with... If something happened, they have to know to react quickly to help you. Mm, Pinson says she knows about the fatal folklore surrounding the lake. She's seen the petition from Usher's ex-wife to drain it after her son was killed there more than a decade ago. But what Pinson really wants to see are more regulations surrounding rental boats on Lake Lanier, from lower speed limits to more training. Something has to change down there, and I'm at the point now where I'm ready to fight for the change at the lake. In the last three decades, roughly 200 people have died in drowning and boating incidents yep, on Lake yep, Lanier. Yep. The latest two deadly drownings were this past May. That petition to drain the lake now has nearly 4,000 signatures. On Lake Lanier, Rob DiRienzo, um, it's not Fox 5 News. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Okay, they're never going to drain it. Drain it for what? Because then, then what do you do with it? So no, they're not going to... Unfortunately, they're not going to do that. Um... Back. Let me see and get rid of this part. So yeah, I'm still gonna go down there and I, I'm I'm all for it. I didn't say anything about going swimming all in the water, but I, I, I do wanna go. So, you know, everybody wanna go with me, you know, you're more than welcome. Okay. Anybody that anybody that's that's down with okay, yeah, the lake kills black people too. Exactly. I I said this. When I talked about it last year, I said, them spirits don't care what color you are. If you're in the water and they can get to you, they're going to get to you. So that I, I think people need to stop. Well, there's like no black spirits. They only attack white people. That make that's, that's nonsensical. Black people die in this motherfucker too. Okay. Yeah. Cause Usher's stepson kills that narrative right there. It's been plenty of black people that have died at Lake Lanier. So the, the spirits don't care. They're just angry. You know, angry spirits don't see color. They just see meat bags and meat suits and flesh. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I plan on going. Um, I'm going to go. So I, it, it just is what it is. <laughs> you know, like it's not going to be my first time going to a scary place, you know? So you're going to meet some big ass sage sticks for that place. <laughs> Um, let me do this real quick because Rose sent me something. 
Let me see. Let's see what this is. Okay, so they went down to someone actually dove down there and took a camera. All right, so let's see what we can find. Play back. Turn the volume down. All right, let's go. Let's see what we see. This is 2015. Okay. Visibility 25 to 30 inches. I, th these guys got some balls on them to be diving this lake, knowing the history of it. Okay, station five and six navigation course we are working on. I was trying to find a video of the woman that was being interviewed and she was saying she was swimming and she felt like hands trying to pull her underneath. I can't find that interview anymore. I tried to find it. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Here comes a stump that looks like an octopus. Okay, okay. Went up to three berms. Uh, gravel next to the edge. Wait, wait, next to the edge. And the bowl in one of the nav core stations. Okay. Let me try to find that interview. Let's see if I can find it. Because I remember watching it years ago. Interview. It was a woman. She said, yeah, I felt like hands trying to pull me under. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So more than 200 people, oh no, 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 not, not that part. I don't care about that part. Uh, let's do this. Let's just play around real quick. I got time. We are taking a closer look at an old black town in Georgia called Oscarville. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this on social media for the last few years. And if you haven't heard of it, it's probably because it no longer exists. It's buried under Lake Lanier. 11 Alive's Latasha Gibbons has more. 
When we started working on this story, we set out to track down descendants of Oscarville. Weeks later, we found a family who could trace back their roots four generations. Mm. They shared with us stories that were handed down about what the all black town was like, including the night that led to its destruction. Uh -oh. It was set on fire by night riders oh. after they say a white woman was raped. Oh. Then later, it was covered by the body of water we now know as Lake Lanier. Why has every town got to go down behind a white woman? You notice that? There's always a white woman at the center of these of these town deaths. This is crazy. Let's go. May Crow is buried here at this Gainesville Cemetery, but the trail of destruction following her death stretches into the land surrounding Forsyth County, buried beneath these waves of Lake Lanier, where in 1912, nearly every black resident was forced out. That includes people living in an old black town called Oscarville. The community was formed in the late 1800s during the Reconstruction era. There was a very strong community feeling among the blacks, about 300 kids, children, that uh, went to some of the schools that were the black schools, um, and it was uh, closely connected to the churches. Georgia history teacher Lisa Crosby says Oscarville was a thriving black community, full of carpenters, blacksmiths, and bricklayers, but farming was the top trade. So they really had kind of a miraculous farming growth here while the rest of the state was really struggling. But then residents were abruptly forced off their land. So the flashpoint, I think, is 1912. This takes us back to the death of May Crow, the 19-year-old white woman was found dead in the woods near Oscarville, presumably after being raped. Typically, the answer to white girls being raped was go to the black community and just start blaming people. Basically, By yeah. nightfall, terror began to reign over Oscarville. So from there, um, the rage and hatred in the community, um, mobs got together and they were called night riders and they were um, riding throughout Oscarville and driving out the black community. And the night turned deadly. You know, they were waking up by fires outside, um, uh, firebombs thrown in the church. Filmmaker Bob Mackey recaptures those horrific nights in an upcoming television series. Any, anytime anything happened, guess where everyone would go? To the church. Well, they attacked the church. Mm. People were hung, uh, lynched. Mackey's series features stories of direct descendants like George Rucker, who can trace his family back four generations to Oscarville. He tells the story of his great-grandfather, Bird Oliver, and the entire family being forced off their land. Night Riders came through. They had to leave everything. The main thing they left was property. My grandfather had a hundred acres. Rucker says many relatives acres. died wow. as they tried to flee. So when they got to the Chattahoochee River, from what I understand, they were told when the mob got up on the bridge, they were told that they either had to swim or drown. Mm. Most of them didn't make it. My grandfather, one of them that did make it, he lost some brothers and sisters. He says his relatives who survived settled in Gainesville. From what my mother told me, Bird Oliver, mm -hmm. He would sit and tell her this story, and uh, he would just sit and cry. Crosby says whites in the area took over the remaining properties. She says Oscarville farmers were specifically skilled in raising poultry, which set the pace for Gainesville eventually becoming poultry capital of the world. You have a farm already going, and you had free land, so you just take it. Rucker says his great-grandfather married his second wife, Beulah, and they built this school that still stands in Gainesville today. By the late 1950s, the Buford Dam was built and Lake Lanier was formed, covering up Oscarville and swallowing most of its history. Many believe Lake Lanier is haunted because of the high number of drownings. We spoke to officials who tell us because there is an entire town that includes structures and even forest areas with trees that are 60 feet tall, it makes it more difficult to navigate through and someone can easily become trapped in debris, leading them to drowning. We have so much more on this story on our website. Wow. I mean, I knew it was bad, but shit, it's always a white woman, man. What in the fuck? Always behind a, a white woman. Okay, let's look up Falls City 
Smith Lake. What trace is it goes? Okay, okay, okay. Another man named Lake. Okay, let's see if we can find a YouTube video about it. Let's look up YouTube videos. Okay, here we go. There are numerous cities up under lakes across I the country. Hate, no, especially I hate TikTok. Nope. I hate TikTokers. I hate TikTokers. I don't respect TikTokers. I don't. Sorry. 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 I don't respect TikTokers. That's not real content creation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Let me find something else. I refuse. I refuse. Give me something else. I do not respect TikTokers. I just don't. refuse to go to the goddamn TikTok. I'm just not going to do it. Okay. Reality of X out of there. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Eastonville was submerged when, when Logan Martin Lake was created in 1964. Benson was a community of mostly black residents founded in 1895. It was flooded in 1926. Okay, more than 900 bodies were moved from cemeteries before the land was submerged. The town once included a gold mine, a school, two mercantiles, a grist mill, a flour mill, sawmill, and blacksmith shop in a church. Jeez. Okay. Okay, okay. Fall City was already ghost towns, flooded. Okay, majority of the bodies were disinterred and moved to other cemeteries before the lake was flooded. In some cases, people did not want loved ones' bodies disinterred and they, and they were left alone. 15 cemeteries were moved for uh, Lake for Weiss Lake. Oh, they, the area was excavated for Indian burial sites. By the University of Alabama. Ooh, angry Indians. Okay. Angry Indians. Let's see how many people did not own the land. One of the problems with the tenant farmers. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Let's do this. Let me look up this part. Show is going way left, y'all. I mean, this is the Jason series. Wait, wait, wait. On the lakes, and ultimately hidden from history books. Thanks to Amber Ruffin's show. Her show introduced. Thanks, Amber Ruffin. Don't strike us, sis. There are. Okay. We've all okay. Timor, where that came from. Oscarville, Georgia. Okay, we Lake know about this. Lanier, 
is a we know about this sits on top of a black okay we know about this in september 19 okay let's get to another one named may crow edwards was dragged out of jail beaten with a crowbar uh -huh. and then lynched from a telephone pole daniel okay. and knox went on trial and were found guilty let's get to this one okay okay seneca village is another one new york new york city that's right seneca village in new york city began in 1825 and at its peak spanned from 82nd street to 89th street along what is now the western edge of central park in new york city al sharpton talked a lot about this one by the 1840s half of african-americans who lived there owned their own property a rate five times higher than the city's average as reported in timeline. In 1857, uh -huh. Seneca Village was torn down for the construction of Central Park. The okay. only thing that remains is a plaque dedicated in 2001 to the Lost Village Wild. Mm -hmm. Kalijah, Alabama. Turns out, Alabama's Lake Martin is built on the previous majority black town of Kalijah. It is home to the first Black-owned railroad started by William E. Benson and the Black School Kalijah Academic and Industrial Institute. William is the son of John Benson, who was enslaved and then freed. He went on a journey to rescue his sister in Florida, who was separated during slavery, and they made their way back to Alabama. John purchased thousands of acres of land sold to Black families where he formed a community. William helped his dad expand the family business. After William's death and the closing of the school, Kalijah was destroyed to make room for Lake Martin. Susanna, Alabama. <laughs> Susanna was flooded by Lake Martin. According to Alabama Living, more than 900 bodies were moved from cemeteries before the land was submerged. The okay, town yeah, once included okay, a gold shot and the city in the state. Okay. With soldiers being drafted overseas to fight in the war, Oregon saw a labor shortage. This resulted in a great migration of black Americans from the South. These new workers needed places to live as the Albana neighborhood was the only place where black people could live legally. Mm -hmm. It became too small for the growing population of black Americans and Vanport was built as a temporary housing solution. At its peak, 40,000 residents, or 40%, were mm -hmm. African-American. Mm -hmm. But then, in 1948, massive flooding erupted uh -oh. in the neighborhood, and uh -oh. city officials didn't warn residents of the dangerously high water levels. Many didn't evacuate in time. Oh, wow. The town was wiped wow. out within a day. 18,500 families were displaced. More than a third were black American. Holy shit. Today, that area is known as Delta Park. So there you have it. A little bit of history. Okay, on New Orleans. Why do y'all stay where the fuck y'all stay? <laughs> No distant New Orleans, but it's a freaking bowl that sits and collects water. I will never understand why y'all stay where y'all stay. Uh, you couldn't pay. My sister lives down there. You could not pay me to live in New Orleans. No, 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 no shade, no diss. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody sent me a link for me to check out. Let me see. Is there a link? Link, 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 link. Did I miss it? Right. Oh, oh yeah, I did, huh? Yeah, that that's that that's me. Oh, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Georgia DNR has identified a person who drowned in Lake Lanier this holiday weekend. He's been identified as 48-year-old Franz Scott of Gainesville. They say this drowning happened Saturday night at 7:30 in Little River on Lake Lanier. Scott was taken to Northeast Georgia Medical Center in Gainesville, where he died. Um. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Y'all keep on playing with these with these spirits. I like this. Guy. Doesn't matter what what you look like. What I like his I like this. Other water by bystanders and transported to Northeast Georgia Medical in Gainesville, where he I like him. Name has not been released yet. Yeah, y'all y'all play too much. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. <laughs> All right, let me get to something else.
Let me get out of there. What is this? Okay, get out of there. Did I get everything, y'all? I think I got everything. I think I got everything. Let me check my notes. Climate now. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do climate lockdown because I got to find that article. Let's revisit the movie Deliverance. All my old heads. You grew up on this movie. My dad made me watch this movie. I was 12 or 13 years old. I did not understand why my dad made me watch this movie, but he made me watch this movie for the life of me. I still to this day, I'm going to ask him, dad, why did you make me and my brother watch Deliverance? Okay. So let's go through the backstory of when it, it was made. This is a fascinating um, walk down memory lane. If you don't know what Deliverance is, you just don't. It's okay. Deliverance released 51 years ago today. John Borman's brutal tale of naive city boys. This is starring Burt Reynolds. This was Burt Reynolds with without the mustache before he, he turned smoky. Right. This is Burt Reynolds when he's an action star. Like he was pre-Rock Hudson, you know what I'm saying? Burt Reynolds was like white woman's fantasy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Burt Reynolds was like white masculinity, like you know what I'm saying? This is Burt Reynolds, like he's in the he's in a he's in the tough guys club. Okay. <laughs> so brutal tale of naive city boys in an unfamiliar environment continues to cause controversy to this day. The behind the scenes story was as dangerous as its subject matter. I did not know all this. Let's continue. Let's go. Let's go. Deliverance based on a James Dickey debut novel of the same name from 1970. Dickey was a poet, an ex-lawyer, teacher, ad man, and World War II veteran. Dickey claimed that a lot of what happened happens in the novel were based on real events. At first, Dickey was hell-bent on Sam Peckinpah directing his script. He thought the material was perfect for him, but Peckinpah's previous picture, The Ballad of Cable Hogue, went $3 million over budget and Warner's lost confidence in him. Attention shifted over to British director John Borman. He came with a big pedigree, having directed Point Blank 1967, Hell in the Pacific 1968, and Leo the Last in 1970. The latter was a commercial failure, but Borman did win Best Director Statue at Cannes. Borman brought in Vilmos Zygismund Sigmund Vilmos Sigmund as director of photography because he filmed the 1956 Soviet invasion of Hungary. Borman thought that anyone who had filmed in that kind of environment would be perfect to shoot in the Atlanta wilderness. During pre-production, Warner stated to uh, started to get cold feet about the subject material and tried to can the film by driving the budget down to a very modest two million dollars. Jack Nicholson originally agreed to play the role of Ed, but the budget cuts forced Borman to look elsewhere. Other names in the frame for the cast were Lee Marvin. Wow. Lee fucking Marvin. <laughs> Donald Sutherland and Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh, you couldn't go wrong with neither one of these guys. Now, this is Hollywood. This is the Hollywood that, that I, I, I'm a fan of. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Brando suggested using younger actors because of the physicality of the roles. Borman ended up casting John Voight as Ed, Burt Reynolds as Lewis, Ned Beatty as Bobby, and Ronnie Cox as Drew. Aside from Voight, all were relatively unknowns at the time. Cuts were also made to the music budget, so Borman drafted in Eric Weisberg. He played the banjo. That's the scary banjo music you hear playing 
deliverance you are instantly think of the banjo it just creeps you the hell out okay and steve mandel guitar for the score which was recorded in two hours a year after the film's release dueling banjos became an international hit single the original composer arthur guitar boogie smith was not credited for his efforts and later sued he was awarded a share of the profits but didn't want to be credited in the film because he disagreed with the violence Borman was given a gold disc for the success of the Dueling Banjos, which was stolen from his home in 1981 by famed Irish criminal Martin Cahill. Borman would later make a film about Cahill's life, The General, and included a scene about him stealing a gold disc. Irishman, man. Jesus, this is hilarious. Let's continue. Let's continue. For the Dueling Banjos scene, Billy Redden played the banjo uh, player. He was uh, a local from the area who couldn't actually play the banjo. A banjo player sat hidden behind him. With his arm through Redden's sleeve. Interesting. This is the scene. Redden loved Ronnie Cox. But really disliked Ned Beatty. When it came for the character to snub Cox's handshake. He couldn't do it. That's why Betty was brought into shot. As soon as he slowed his face. Redden looked away in disdain. Oh interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay okay. Another way of saving money was to have the actors do their own stunts. Aside from a couple of shots, there was no insurance for the actors either. And locals were hired to fill out the cast. Most of the film was shot along the, Ch the uh, Chattooga. I thought it should I thought it'd be the Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. Okay. Ch Chattooga River on the border of Georgia and South Carolina. Borman chose it because he wanted the harshest river possible. He even desaturated the film negative and muted the greens in post-production to make it look less inviting. James Dickey was a dis disruptive presence on set, but Burt Reynolds said he was a guy who, when he had a couple of martinis, you'd want to drop a grenade down his throat. Let me get up on these comments. Let me get up on these comments. I'm just here for the comments. Okay, white women are like she devils. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. Yes, fair you yeah, fair you she don't work. Nick, we know that she doesn't work. <laughs> we know that she doesn't work. <laughs> That's AI. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. So all my old heads, we are we are we are well versed in deliverance. Yes. Everybody knows the infamous line squeal like a pig. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Dickie got very upset when Borman cut the first 19 pages from his script. Things bubbled up and he eventually confronted Borman on set. A fist fight ensued and Borman wound up with a broken nose and four shattered teeth. Jeez. Dickie was ejected from set but later resolved his differences with Borman and even played the sheriff at the end of the film. This is wild. This is wild. Okay. The deer in the scene where Ed can't bring himself to fire the arrow was given sedatives to keep it under control, but they gave it too much and it died. Soon after the scene, Borman was devastated by that. <laughs> okay. The scene where Lewis goes over the waterfall was originally shot with a dummy. Reynolds insisted on doing it himself because he said it looked like a dummy going over a waterfall. Reynolds did it and wound up breaking his coccyx. Oh, Ooh, that is your tailbone, y'all. That is y'all tailbone. You know how painful that shit is? 
Oh, my gosh. Where he landed on some rocks. When he asked Borman how it looked, he said it looked like a dummy going over the waterfall. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Then that's the scene. That is hilarious. Okay. Reynolds was taught that if he got caught in a hydro flow to swim to the bottom and it would shoot him out. So he did that. And according to him, he was found sometime later down river and fully knew because the force of the water ripped his clothes off. Ned Beatty also became a victim to poor working conditions while in the canoe. He fell out and got sucked into a whirlpool. He was underwater for 30 seconds before being rescued. Good Lord. Beatty said, I thought I was going to drown. And the first thought was, how will John finish the film without me? And my second thought was, I bet. I bet the bastard will find a way. Let's continue. Here's a passage from a letter that James Dickey sent to the editor of his deliverance novel in June 1971. I am deathly afraid that somebody will get hurt on this film because there is no doubt that it is the most dangerous one ever made. Ned Beatty claims that it was he who came up with the squeal like a pig line while improvising with the other actor in the scene, Bill McKinney. There are other claims that a crew member came up with the infamous line. What is this? What is this? What's this? What scene is this? Yeah. Oh, dead on me. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I remember this. I remember this scene. Yeah, they, were, they were going to assault these guys. This is crazy. All right. Bill McKinney kept his distance from baby on set and constantly stared at him to intimidate him between takes. While when playing dead, McKinney didn't breathe or blink for two minutes while he was, while he was, uh, while he was in the shot. This is crazy. Another way of cutting costs was to have John Voight scale the cliff face himself. Dickie said, if there was ever a harrowing piece of filmmaking, this was it. It was shot during the day and a blue tint was added in post to make it look like it was getting darker. Herbert Coward played the toothless man. He arrived drunk on set for the scene below. The crew lowered a dummy down, on, down the cliff on a rope first to assess the path. Borman said to him, you can see what you have to do. You can't move, he replied. Well, if he can do it, I can. <laughs> it was crazy. All right, let's continue. Deliverance was nominated for the best film and best director at the Oscars, but didn't win. And Burt Reynolds blamed himself for that. He did a nude photo shoot for Cosmopo Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan magazine and claimed that the Academy didn't take too kindly to it. To finish on Deliverance, here's the icon iconic dueling banjo scene. I would play it, but you know, Warner Brothers is really sticky about their stuff. So I. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That is the backstory of one of the most grisly, harrowing, um, <laughs> I don't know, those type of movies, like those Hills Have Eyes movies where, you know, the just the white folk just go crazy and you try to kill and, and murder everybody. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, Hills have eyes and, 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 um, 
What's the other movies? The other crazy movies with the, the 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 cannibal family, like these cannibal types of movies. I forget the name of that movie, but y'all know what I'm talking about, like that genre, that genre of of horror films. So, yeah, why my dad made me watch that as a young young teen, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bert was the white woman's Billy D. Williams. That is hilarious. That is perfect. Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that the thing was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. And my dad made me watch that boy. I'm like, what is my, what is, what are we watching, Dad? <laughs> so, yeah, they really don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. Uh, they really don't. Okay. 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 Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. All for the sake of art. All for art. You know, all for art. Okay. Okay, all for art. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, the last house on the left, I spit on your grave. Um, Wrong turn or left turn. All those, like, backwoods, horror, cannibal movies like that entire genre man yeah what i spit on your no 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 i spit on your grave was the one when the daughter and her friend went to a party and they got attacked and brought him to the woods tried to kill him and all that stuff and they escaped and her friend got killed the daughter makes it she jumps in the river and somehow the parents find her and then those same people find the house like, hey, we're just passing through. And then the parents realize these these were the killers of her friend's daughter and try to attack her daughter. Then the parents enact their revenge. So like the bathroom scene, the tub scene when the mother like kind of throws herself at the, the, the leader of the game. And he's like, yeah, come take a bath with me, whatever. And she's playing with him and she has a knife and she cuts his shit. And he doesn't know he's bleeding the fucking tub. I was like, oh, what is this? What is this? <laughs> What is this? <laughs> yeah. The house on the left, that's what it was? Jeez, E. Pete. Jeez, E. Pete. Yeah, it's some brutal movies, man. The 1970s for these type of films, like the original, the, the original I Spit on Your Grave and the original house, last, house, last House on the Left, far better than the remakes. Because, you know, the, the 70s, they had a license to kind of do all, all the wild shit, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. The original, I always, I always watch the originals. I don't even care for the remakes, you know. Um, I seen the trailer for the new Exorcist. I it's supposed to be a trilogy, but they didn't have the budget, so now it's going to be a two-parter. So it's going to be a sequel to that. They wrote it in two parts. I I don't know. I don't know how I, how I feel about. it. I'm gonna go see it though. I I find it odd that there's a little black girl, a little white girl. So you got the you got the duality. So one is the, one is the believer and one is the deceiver. So exorcist part one is the believer exorcist part two is the deceiver so i don't know which girl is the believer and which girl is the deceiver but i'm gonna go see it i just seen this the trailer for saw uh for saw 10 that looks good that looks really really good it's set in between saws one and two or one and two yeah so saw 10 takes place in between saw one and saw two that looks good that looks really, really good. So I'm, I'm stoked to see that. 
I mean, because the, the, the traps look insane. The traps look insane. The traps look insane. It, it looks insane. Okay. Wait, what, 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 what was the name of the movie where it, it had you afraid of sharks? Oh no, it was alligators. It was an alleg. It was alligator with um, Robert Forsyth about the alligator that was flushed on a toilet and grew in in a sewer. So there, the scene that bothers me the most is when the alligators are hiding in the pool. Uh, you know what? Come on, let's play. Let's let's go ahead and show it. Let me show you guys why I don't like going swimming in pools at night. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, alligator. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let me show y'all what 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 triggers me. Let me show y'all what triggers me. Okay, alligator movie. Alligator in the pool. This oh my god, yes. This right here, nineteen eighty. This movie right here is why I don't like to go swimming at night. Dead ass. Uh, yeah, this is insane. I eat this, this right here. Hey, Friday, what's happening? Bruh, bruh. This, this. what that scene did to me as a kid i was six seven years old when i when i watched alligator for the first time y'all don't understand what the scene did to me yeah y'all don't y'all have no y'all have no clue no idea what this scene had, did to me as a kid you just just terrified me you understand like yeah I, I, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, <laughs> yes, extremely traumatizing, are you kidding me, like, out of all the scenes in that movie, right there, that was it, I was like, yeah, I'm done, I'm done, and then towards the end, when he, when, uh, Robert Forsythe's character, he's trying to get out through the manhole, the lady parks the car on top of it, and he's whistling, Cause it, the, the the woman, his girlfriend's supposed to, you know, she's trying to get the lady to move her car and alligators coming. He's going to set the bomb in the, in, in the sewer and alligators coming to get him. Oh my God. You know what? Come on. Let's, let's look, let's go look at the ending scene. Let's do it. We're here now. Shit. We're here now. I mean, we're here now. Damn it. Yeah. Here we go. Robert Forster. There you go. Yeah. Robert Forster. So then he, let me speed it up because I just want to get to the very end part. 
What is that little 38 going to do? Bro, bro what, what are we doing with that little 38? This movie is horrifying still to this day. And then when it, when, when the alligator attacked the wedding, oh my gosh, look at this thing, man. This is horrifying. This is horrifying. This is horrifying. Oh shit. I can't, y'all can't see my bad, my bad. Here we go. say white women with Farrah Fawcett feathers in, in the 70s and 80s. Whew. Listen, you'd be hard pressed to find an ugly white woman in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> the Farrah Fawcett joints. Okay, now let's do this. Let's go look at the wedding scene when it shows up at the wedding. That was a crazy scene. Is this it? This is it. This is it. This thing attacks the wedding, y'all. PTSD. 
Imagine watching this as a six or seven year old. This movie is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Okay. That pool scene is why I don't like to swim at night. I always check to see if I can, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Natasha, thank you for the seven of cash up again. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm traumatized. I'm traumatized, y'all. I'm traumatized. Oh, yo, the blob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, wait, which which one? The nineteen, the black and white version, or the nineteen eighty? I don't mean the remake with um Matt Dillon. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't mean I don't not the remake with Matt Dillon. The one before that, the one right after the nineteen, the black and white version. No, it wasn't black and white. It was a color version, right? The first blob. Was in color. I, I I'm sorry. The first blob was in color. It was like 1960s, 1970s, and then they had a remake in the 80s, and then another one with Matt Dillon that I didn't care for, you know. And then you had the fake blob called the Stuff. Remember the Stuff? It was like a, a an offshoot of the Blob. It was like Cool Whip. The 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 Stuff. It was like Cool Whip, and it was like Killer Cool Whip called the Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 1958. Okay. Okay. It it ate the man's whole body. You know what? Some of y'all. This homie went live. <laughs> Bro, I've been live for like the last two and a half hours. I've been live for the last two and a half hours. The old one, the Matt Dillon one. I don't care about the, for the Matt Dillon one, but the old one, the first one, and then the second one, those two blobs, I, I'll watch those. The Thing is an all-time classic. Um, they are in talks. John Carpenter uh, literally announced last month uh, they're having secret talks for the sequel to The Thing. So um, we, we finally may get to know what happened with Childs and McCready. I've always suspected that child's was the thing. Cause if we remember at the very end, no tour. Okay. So remember in the, in the, in the beginning, McCready's always drinking, was a gin or whiskey. Right. And then he pours the alcohol on the computer at the, he loses to it in chess. So at the very end, he still had one Molotov cocktail left. Remember this now, the ending of the thing, and if you remember correctly, 
Childs was not breathing. Okay, you know what? Let's go look it up. Let's go look it up. And to this day, I still believe it was child. Or it was Childs, not McCready was the thing. Because there was a book that came out a few years ago that did the follow-up after that. And they implied that it was Childs that was the thing, not McCready. And then it spread. It got back to America and it spread. But it was, it was a comic book. But, you know, let's, let's look at the thing ending. Because... What he gave him to drink, what McCready was drinking on was a Molotov cocktail. Because McCready already knew he was going to die. He was going to freeze to death after they blew up the, the ship and the last station. McCready was like, I'm already dead. So I might as well just go ahead and drink up. And he gave the, the Molotov cocktail to Childs to drink. And Childs was not breathing any cold air. Let's go take a look. Let's go take a look. YouTube, YouTube. Let's go take a look. Let's take a look. This is in 4K. This thing looks beautiful in 4K. My goodness. Y'all tell me. I've always thought it was it was McCready. I mean Childs, not McCready. That was that was that was infected. Oh shit, here we go. My bad. All right, so now all of a sudden child shows up. Where are you? Where the hell you been? You the only one who made it? Not the only one. Did you kill it? Where were you, child? Where were you, child? Told I saw Blair. I went out after him. Got lost in the storm. <laughs> Fire's got a temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long, though. Okay, you see no breath coming Neither from Childs, but you see breath coming from McCready. How will we make it? Maybe we should. Childs is not breathing. Childs isn't breathing. He is the thing. Childs is not breathing. If you're worried about me. Yeah, we've got any surprises for each other. I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Well, Are you seeing that? What do we do? There's no breath coming from Childs. He's the creature. Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. <laughs> he is a cane. <laughs> he ain't breathing. And then he gives him the, the, the Molotov cocktail to drink. That's why child is, that's why McCready's smiling. Like, you don't even know what I'm about to give you. That's why he, he gives him that look. Like, you don't even know why. Uh, okay. He gives him that look at that that see that 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 grin like you don't even know what the fuck I'm giving you right now. I know you're it. See, he just, he just gives it to him like in that smile like yeah he, okay. Child is not breathing. And here's the iconic the iconic theme song. All the creature wants to do is hibernate and go to sleep. 
That's all I ha- that's all I want to do is, is is hibernate and go back to sleep. Bruh. Bruh. One of the greatest horror movies ever. Top five greatest horror movies ever. The thing is top five. Ever, 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 ever. Don't debate me. Don't debate me. Okay. I've been on for two and a half hours, y'all. I'm not going to keep running my mouth. Keith Keith David is super OG. I have PTSD when it comes to the bird. Oh, my God. The birds. <laughs> The it the Hitchcock version because that other shit that came out a few years ago was trash. The Hitchcock version is the only version of the birds I under, I recognize. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Keith David is old school. All I see is enemy mind. Oh no, stop! <laughs> I'm not gonna do this with you, Martina. Right now, I'm not gonna do this with you right now because. His 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 race they were they were a asexual, and they could they could no were they asexual whatever either way they could mate or they could self um self reproduce remember and and he had the little the little creature and ah was just, yeah that was that was a good movie but then of course. He he saves the little boy, his uncle or his nephew, and then the the the, the humans and and the Drax, yeah, the Drax, yeah, it was Drax. They call a peace treaty, and then Zamis, that was his name, Zamis, and then so Dennis Quaid goes to the Drac planet and recites all the names of the forefathers that um, old boy taught him. Uh, all the, and he says his name and he's like the only human to ever be recognized as a drag because he he did the the the, the ritual of saying all the, the forefathers it was a deep ass movie <laughs> zamis that was his name zamis zamis got kidnapped and shit that was a deep ass movie yo <laughs> that was a deep ass movie. Yeah, Enemy Mind was a deep. I mean, not only did you have the human alien aspect, but clearly a dark complected skin alien played by a black man. You got the white man here. I mean, like let's not let's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wh- yeah, white savior unfortunately, yes, cuz he was the only one that went to uh to the Drax planet and and, and said the the ritual and was rec- was recognized as one of their one of their own and took Zamis to his people. I mean, you can't win them all, man. You can't win them all. You know, you can't win them all. It's still a good movie, though. It's still, it's like, you know, the allegory in it is, is pretty deep. All right, listen. I'm going to get out of here for real, for real. I'm going to get out of here. I've been running my mouth too long. So, um, shout out to all you guys that came to hang out with me. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Shout out to um, Natasha for the for the, the cash apps. Um, what's today? Monday? All right. So, we'll do this again tomorrow. This should stay up because I don't I don't think I said anything crazy. Oh no, you know what? I'm not done. Stop. I'm not done. Hold up. We got cop stuff to go over. We got cop stuff to go over. Y'all listen. Listen. Did y'all hear this story? Did y'all hear this story? You know what? I'm just gonna let it play out. This is tragic. He got pulled over. Right? It's the, it's the same old story. Guy gets pulled over. 
Yeah, sorry, it's just a cat and then I was baking my nigga. Guy gets pulled over. Can you step out for me? Yeah, let's step out. And then the guy flees. Keep it going. Now the only difference here, we got a white dude here. Okay, so now can't nobody can't nobody be hollering, no, no police brutality, whatever the case, and racial no, no racial. There's a white dude. But what happens to this white dude is horrific. Who is at fault? Like once again, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Don't keep your hands where I can see him. We're going yeah. into overtime. Come back to you. We're going uh, into overtime. We're going over. We're going into overtime. You relax. Don't put that stuff on the. Uh, uh, um. So, did you give me the right name? Yeah. What's your name? Jacob Todd Jones. Okay. Why don't you give me the right name? It is the right name. No, yes, uh -oh. it is. Right, I know. Uh, so right now you're under arrest. Uh -oh, uh -oh. Y'all, they're on a highway. They're on. They're on a highway, interstate. Pick one. Freeway. Pick one. <sighs> Let's continue. Who's at fault here? Stop! Who's at fault here? They're on the highway. They're on the highway. Y'all, 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 oh my fucking God. Who's at fault now? I'm sorry, who's that? <laughs> who's that fault now? I'm sorry. Who, who, who's that? Who's that fault now? J. Jermaine, thank you for that eight on the cash app, bro. Thank you. We're going into overtime. Who, who's at fault now? <laughs> who's that? Who's at fault now? Wait, let's let's go look at this story. Let's go look at this story. It's not funny, but damn. Ah, ah, damn it, damn it. Oh, let me find it. Oh, this is horrible. Horrible. Oh, my God. <sighs> Cheesy Pete. Cheesy Pete. Cheesy Pete. Thanks for joining us in the 11 Breaking News Center. I'm your digital anchor, Lauren Watson, here at KKTV 11 News. We want to get right to this. Larimer County Sheriff's Office released body cam footage this week of a critical incident from back in February. Now we want to get right to that this video, but I want to warn you, February, it may not be graphic, but it can be disturbing. This was back in February. It is the right name. Yes, it is. So right now you're under arrest. <laughs> 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 
This ain't funny, but it's not funny. This ain't funny. This is not funny at all. This had listen. This is crazy. Now that was just one moment of this footage. That suspect unfortunately did pass away in this incident. Larimer County Sheriff's Office released an almost 10 minute long video detailing this critical incident. We're gonna play that entire video for you right now. I, I don't even. Sheriff. I can't even hear it. What you're about to see is a summary of the critical incident that occurred on February 18th, 2023. This will include details yeah. and body camera footage that may be disturbing to some viewers. On February 18th at 9.15 p.m., Deputy Yo, stopped the vehicle chat. with expired registration. The vehicle was traveling northbound on Interstate 25 and pulled off at the Mountain Vista exit. After a brief contact, Deputies determined the adult male suspect had provided a fictitious name and asked him to step out of the vehicle. Okay. The suspect, identified as Brent Thompson, then ran from deputies toward the interstate and a taser was deployed. Uh -huh. The suspect was struck by a passing vehicle and was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced deceased. Mm, mm, mm. As first responders dedicated to helping others, we grieve the loss of life in any situation. Uh -huh, uh -huh. This incident is no exception. And multiple lives have been changed forever. I'm sure. Nobody wanted this outcome. No. I've met with Mr. Thompson's family okay. and their representatives. Uh -huh. and I'm truly saddened by the loss that they are experiencing. You want to cut a check? Critical incident response team investigators left no stone unturned. So they spent two months dissecting every detail of this dynamic situation and presented the district attorney's office with a comprehensive <laughs> report. So this included could. details about a firearm and drug paraphernalia recovered from the vehicle. You're going to cut a check. As well as the coroner's findings and the third party toxicology report, which showed that Mr. Thompson had fentanyl, methamphetamine, okay. and other illegal narcotics in his system at the time of his death. That, that, that's, that, no, you're going to cut a check. Reviewing all of the evidence in this case, District Attorney Gordon McLaughlin determined that the deputy was legally justified mm. in his attempt to stop this suspect mm. from endangering the lives of innocent motorists. Okay, okay. We train using safety priorities, which is a standard. All right, so no charges. No charges. And I, I could see why they wouldn't. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you're going to cut a check. You're going to cut the family a check, though. At the end of the day, you're going to cut these people a check. You're going to cut these people a check. Now, let's get to the next cop footage. Now, this one definitely ain't funny. Um, This one definitely ain't funny. Let me get up in these comments. Let me get up in these comments. <laughs> They'll get a check. What? <laughs> they won't need no, no damn Ben, ben Crump. I, I say words, sis. All right, this is pretty bad. This is pretty bad. We have, now this happened to me. A cop put in the wrong, mistyped uh, a plate number and it came up some other shit. This has happened to me before. So I totally understand this family. Um, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It happens. I make no excuses for this cop, but uh, you're talking to somebody that a cop has mistyped. Uh, a, a number on the plate search and it came back some other shit 
And when it came back, some other shit, the cop wasn't trying to hear anything I had to say. I'm like, yo, you, <laughs> I said, did you type in the right plate? Yeah, I typed in the right, but we're not, we're not, it, there's, it could have ended way worse than what it, what it did. Not literally I was in front of my house and at the time when this happened in California. So we, what we have here is a, uh, I believe an Arkansas cop, Arkansas cop types in, um, a plate. These people are from Arizona and he mistypes, uh, the state and it came back something. So the cop, it came back a stolen vehicle. The cop does what a cop does. And here we go. Let's go. Whatever is in your hand, put it on the roof. That's fine. Open up the car from the outside. Yes. Hey, move your car back. Move your car back, bro. I don't want them to hit me and then slam into me. Open up your car door and step out of the car. Unlock your car. Unlock your car. Do it now. Unlock your car. Slowly exit the vehicle. Face away from us. Let, let me just say this. There's nothing you can do once, whether they mistype it. It's just say he accidentally mistypes and it comes back some crazy, some crazy stuff. You, you can, you're not going to talk this cop out of anything because in his mind, he typed in the right plate. And what he sees in, on his computer screen is the right information. So there's no, hey, no, you typed in the wrong plate. There's no talking to him at this point, especially when the guns come out. You know what I'm saying? You will hope, your only hope is another officer would run the plates to confirm what, he, what he's seen. And then you hopefully this all, but when your child is involved, now that's some shit. You're you, you going to have to cut me a check for that, for, the, for the, my child's anguish. And, 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 and stress, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing if it happens to me, but if my child is with me, it's like, oh, no, nigga, this is a whole another ball game now. But let's continue, let's continue. Face away from us. Face away. Turn around. Turn around. It's okay. Turn around. Do not face us. Everybody in the car, hands outside the window. Hands outside. Maintain your hands outside. Driver, slowly lift up your shirt only for... I hear what y'all saying. I agree. How do you not see Arizona plates? How do you miss? I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happened to me. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So whether the cop was profiling me or not, but once that, once that gun come out, you know what I'm saying? While they're trying to talk to you and process the shit and be like, Hey man, could you run my plates? Because he has the wrong plates here. After they done cuffed you on the side of the road, they trying to figure out what to do with you. Have another cop run the plates because the cop that ran the plates the first time ain't trying to hear shit because he believes he typed in the right, the right plate number and he believes what he's getting on his information is correct. So there's no talking to him. Your best bet is his, his partner, the backup comes through and be like, Hey, y'all got the wrong guy. Run the plates again, man. That's the only thing you can hope for at this point. That's all you can do. Us to see your waistband. Slowly spin around. You can lower your shirt a little bit. Lower your shirt. Lower your shirt. We do not need to see your bra. Okay. That's fine. Slowly start walking backwards. Walk backwards. Keep walking. Keep walking backwards. Keep walking. Hey, you can do. Keep walking. Keep walking. Walk a little faster. The tollway is shut down. Keep walking backwards. Hands up. Keep walking. Keep walking. 
keep walking. Keep walking backwards. Keep walking. Stop. Stop. Face away from us. Face away. Face that direction. I'm a transfer cousin. Somebody else. Whose hands? This is, this is bad. This is bad. Especially when you got the kids with you, man. Hey, who? Hey, I can't see who's on the passenger side of the second car, the Queen's car. Go and call him out with the microphone. It's loud. Hey, listen. Listen, sir. This is my wife's car. We just in a basketball tournament. Yeah, yeah. Man, coming from an AAU basketball tournament. You already hear the boy crying. You already hear his son crying. You already hear his son crying. Ain't no amount of therapy going to fix this for this kid. This kid's ruined as far as his, his interaction with law enforcement. He'll never see them as a positive, uh, in a positive light. Never. Ever. So I don't know about Listen, bro, we just here for a basketball tournament, bro. We, we just learned. We just learned right now. That's why we stopped. Come on, man. Don't do this to my son, bro. I'm coming out, bro. Come on out. I don't know. Come on out, please. Can you fit that way or no? I can't fit that okay. way, bro. We, yeah. Come on, man. I'm a, ba I'm a basketball coach, bro. No, no, it's okay. Look, listen, look at this, bro. No, listen, no. listen, bro. We, we on the I'm a basketball coach. I got concealed carry and everything, no, 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 bro. That's, that's why we told you. Yeah, I put a gun on myself. Do you know how bad this could have this could have ended? And he's concealed carry too. Oh man, this could have ended way worse. This could have ended way worse. I'm upset for the boy crying. Can I, can I explain to you? We ran a tag. The tag came out stolen, but it was the wrong state. On, he put in the wrong state. So because of his mistype error, it came back stolen from a wrong... And he, put, he mistyped the wrong state, came back stolen, and it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from, from, from there. What, what do you... You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the trauma's already been implanted in, into this boy's head. Once again, it's one thing that happened to me or to the guy, but when you the kids involved... You know what I'm saying? We put our we we didn't that's, bad, we that's, bad. that's a bad, that's a terrible experience that's though. I, I mean know. I understand y'all gotta do y'all job, man, but we all legit, bro. Yeah, I know. We all legit, bro. Now, me as a father, like the time that I, I've been pulled over with the canine with Mini Me with me, I I I didn't react. The best thing I could say to to you guys as a parent, if you ever get pulled over with your child and it's, and they bring out the canine unit or they got guns drawn, you have to remain calm because the kid's going to go off of you. So if you start wilding out, the kid's going to get upset. So, um, yeah, I, what was it? I was in Nebraska. I had the Monte Carlo, right? The Monte Carlo with the, uh, it was like one of, one of 30 made. It had the blue the cobalt blue with the with the gold specks in the paint and then i had the peanut butter rag top peanut butter interior right one of 30 and um i was in nebraska it was me many me and my brother and we're going to nebraska and got pulled over by nebraska state trooper and brought out the canine and you know and i was just i was just chilling and many was like you okay dad i'm like yeah, shit, i'm okay are you okay so i learned then like to never overreact because your child is looking to you as like the example and will will learn how to respond to stress, those types of stressors. So I think for him, 
and I get it. It's gun guns being pointed at you and your kid. I get all that. But at some point you have to be remain stoic because you have to teach your child. Like, even though they got all these guns pointed at my daddy, my daddy didn't fold. He ain't, he ain't crack. He ain't cry. He ain't smile. None of that dumb shit. Like my daddy was like standing firm. So I refuse to let me and me see me act a goddamn fool and, and whooping and hollering and shit. But once again, it's different when their guns pointed at you and your child. And I get it. But you got to you got to remain stoic as a man. You know, that's that's all that's all I got is, is control of my reactions and my emotions. You know? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that's right. I sure did. Damn, that was a that was a while ago, bro. That was a long time ago. I was heated too. I was pissed. I would that motherfucker took all our shit out. <laughs> Brought it, and he didn't. And he didn't even bring the fucking dog out. He had me sitting in the front seat with him, with him, and the dog's in the back. The dog is breathing in my fucking ear, and he went to search my car. He didn't even use a fucking canine dog. I was so fucking mad. Like you did all this, and you didn't even use a fucking dog. So then, um, gave me a warning, and uh, I had to put my shit back in the trunk or whatever. And that was it. I was pissed. I was pissed. That's why I hate driving through Nebraska to this day. I hate driving through Nebraska. Like Nebraska state state troopers can kiss my ass, you know. So you got to you got to be cool, cause your kids looking at you like, you know. Cause if you start flipping out, then the kids like, oh, well, my dad's about to lose it, so it must be bad. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah, I had. I was in my. I was doing my jihad. <laughs> I was doing my my fight, my fight. Yeah, I was. I was in my habit at the time. So. Got to be, got to be cool. Got to be cool. All right. I'm going to get out of here for real now. Listen. Uh, there, yeah. Three, three hours. Yeah, I'm talking too much. I can't, I can't see how these guys do it. Like cool to be on for seven, eight hours. And you know what I'm saying? And whoever, I, shout out to y'all. Slide. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to talk for no goddamn three hours. Two and a half is my limit. Okay. That's all you're going to get up out of me. What, what Bernie Mac say? 50 pumps, 50 pumps. Is all you're gonna get out of me. You better make the the most out of it. If you don't come within fifty pumps, it's your fault. If you don't orgasm in fifty pumps, that's your fault. Don't say hit. Don't call Sly. Sly, he he don't even last long. No, 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 no. No, I gave you fifty pumps, ma'am. There's something wrong with you. Okay, it's not me. It's you. So with that being said, thank you guys for hanging out. Extended overtime edition. Um. I'm really going to get up out of here. I got some editing to do. So with that being said, love and light to everybody. Y'all have a good night. Peace.